Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Medium Five, you are not a loser. You are first. So welcome to the Smack Attack, uh, ladies and gentlemen. As always, the show by the people for the people, where we don't put up with any guff. We didn't take bumps, but we just tell it like it is from what we see from a fan's point of view. And if you don't like that, you can suck it. In the quotes of uh, DX, I mean, who doesn't love a good DX, right? I mean. Uh, and so, as always, it is JDE here with the boys from the PWC. Uh, we don't have Jimmy the Greek because, just like Jimmy is always, he's never always on time, his religion's Jesus is always late as well. Uh, so, being Greek Orthodox, they're just now celebrating Easter because that's what Greeks do. They don't know what time or calendars work. Um, so, uh, so, his Jesus is late, apparently, as well as Jimmy is always. Uh, will he show up? Eh, we don't know. But sometimes he disappears, and three days later, maybe he shows up just like Jesus did. Maybe. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's get started today. Of course, we've got to start with the man with the best banner going for his thing. We've got to start with Mr. Chris, uh, because he says, my return is greater than Nakamura's return. Uh, wow. That makes me feel... <laughs> so, Chris, how are you today, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, this is big facts right here. Big facts. Enright's return. Um, I mean, not a high bar to cross, but still, we're happy to have you back, John. And uh, yeah, I am Christopher Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like lambs with no L or bullshit first thing in the morning. Don't worry, everybody. If you ever forget how to spell my name, I'll remind you at the beginning of every fucking show I do. That's right. Respect the man's name, bitches. So, uh, <laughs> put some respect on that name, bitch. Uh, and of course, as always, with this evil deuce himself, the doctor of thugonomics, the doctor of evil, the doctor of conspiracy, the doctor of everything doctory, and with a little bit of law thrown in there too, Mr. Jeff Icarus Bell. How are you today, sir? I'm good. I'm busy, I'm busy doctoring up some more doctorates. <laughs> there you go. Right? You know, just you can never add, have enough doctorates, right? You know. Yeah, I have to get all. Of, I have to get my Trump University one. Oh, there you out. go. Yeah, right. I mean, you know how to dodge in, uh, subpoenas and grand juries, and uh, that's what your doctor would be in. Sue them. <laughs> how to grab them by the pussy? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's 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 entry level. Working on that one. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, gentlemen. Uh, I mean, I I, I missed you guys last week. Uh, but it was Easter. It was a good time because we have the Jesus who understands how a calendar works. So um, that that was good. I spent the weekend at the lake with my parents. Went to church in two Porsches. You know, you know. So that that can't be a bad thing when your dad has a a, a Porsche Taycan and a Porsche Cayenne, and he says, "Hey, let's take the Porsches to church." I'm not gonna be mad at that, right? I mean, so did ever. Did everyone just assume that you guys were the you showed up in Porsches or <laughs> no? But this is this is also my dad, right? He's got the the Porsche Taycan and the Porsche Cayenne, two flashy you know vehicles. But then he parks way in the back of church where nobody parks anywhere at all, and so that and then of course his two cars are parked right next to each other. And uh, very Joe Osteen of you, or Tommy uh, Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Right, and so, and of course, dad, dad is suited and booted um, with his custom suit. Well, my dad is five five one thirty eight, so he can't buy anything off the rack. So he has to have custom suits. And so, like, 
you know, so he's at the point now where he doesn't even go to a store. He has a guy come out to his house, does the measurements, picks the fabric, and they make the suits, and then they bring it to uh, him. Where, you know, where where do you come from? Uh, that's uh, that's that's my dad. Look, that's that's he's he's he doesn't he doesn't want to mess with suit shops anymore because he's tired of going in and then doing the measurement. There's nothing on the rack. Whereas me, I can go to Men's Warehouse and I can find stuff somewhat ish. Um, I'm not sure you can find things off the rack either, but. Five five one thirty eight, and you are not that. No, I'm five nine, about two seventy five ish now. I'm down to two seventy five, two eighty right now. Mm-hmm. So, and so he, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, with Vince Warehouse, I found a couple of things. I got three suits from there. Um, two were in store, and they just had to do some alterations. Um, one they had to order out, and then it came when I went to for the weekend. It came in and they um, they they altered it when I was there. So and they're going to mail it to me because I don't have to go back to, to Tyler yeah. again for a random trip. Well, so. one thing we know is that you you liked how you looked. He personally yeah. guaranteed it. Right. Yeah. Except for the fact that the guy he's a very nice man, older gentleman, but he screwed up everything. Um, you know, it's just you know, it's like, oh, dude, like he ordered like I, I needed a fifty two R you know jacket. Um, and then I guess he, and I had needed a 40 something pant. Well, I don't think he wrote it down. Cause then he got a 52 R pant, which was like, you know, triple the size that I am. And I'm going, um, is this, and he goes, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I just, I'm like, bro, I look, you know, that I don't live here. You know, that I had to come in for Easter to pick up these other suits. And then I was wanted to order it so it could be altered. And he's like, well, I could order. So they had to reorder the pants to keep with the jacket. And then once those come in, they they were going to alter them. And they just took the measurements from my other pants and stuff and altered accordingly. But it was just, it was, it was like, and then it was like, oh, well, we're we're doing this. No, we're doing this. We're doing this. It felt like, have you ever played Simon Says? And the guy says, do this, do this, do this. And you don't know where you're at and what you're supposed to do. Even though you know he says, Simon says, but you're just going like, wait, what's happening right now? It felt like that with this guy. Because it's like, no, Tony, I need the suits that you got me that are already altered. And then I need the suit that you ordered. You've got to order the pants again. We're going to take the measurement from one of the suits because it's the same, same maker and everything. It's just that one's gray and one's blue. So we're going to take the measurements from those pants and then the seamstress will have it. So when the pants come in, you can alter them and then mail them all off. Okay. Apparently, everybody with the name Tony needs to be working for the mafia. Otherwise, they don't know what they're doing professionally. So right. that's fun. Which we can agree on that, which, uh, you know, let's, 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 that's a good transition to talk about Tony Khan and AEW, the announcement that All In is going to be at Wembley Stadium. And that supposedly CM Punk may come back, but not come back. But everybody's talking about him coming back. Um, so, uh, gentlemen, where do we want to start first? Do we want to start with CM uh, Punk ass, or do we want to start with Wembley Stadium? It's your show, bro. You you pick. We missed you last week. We, okay. we missed you. I missed you because I had a host last week, and I, and I listened to the show. I don't think I shot up for more than three seconds. <laughs> well, okay, then how about this? Let's... I, I don't give a shit about CM Punk. I don't know about you guys. I don't give a shit about him either. 
Um, I think it's stupid that you would even consider bringing him back at this point. There's nothing, I, I think, redeemingly valuable, especially after the fact he just shat on your company and your owner was right there next to him. And your company, your owner didn't do shit. So uh, I think it's dumb if you even if if you consider to bring him back. That's just the dumbest thing I think you could ever do. Uh, but it, uh, I, I disagree. I, oh, I disagree. Okay. All right. Then tell yeah. me. Tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, okay. It, it's not that he's. Um, it's not that you're not entirely. It's not that you're entirely wrong about what you said. And many of the points that you said are completely salient, as well as some of the points that people are saying online. He is a bit of a locker room cancer. Clearly, um, it, it's it's hard to get him to do what's right without complaining or whining. Uh, but if you want to sell out Wembley Stadium, you go and you sign CM Punk to a contract. If you want to get back over a million views. Um, on your shows, you go and you sign CM Punk and then you have him feud with Kenny Omega and the elite. Um, I know that this is all really difficult. Like I get, I, I get that that's all difficult to make happen, but if you want to make some fucking money, you go and you sign CM Punk and you figure out a way to get him to, to do the, to do the work. Cause mm -hmm. he is a star. He does move the needle. Um, does he move it as much as a lot of people online thought? No, but he still moves it more than anyone else that they could possibly sign moving forward. Um, aside from Drew McIntyre, nobody is going to get closer to selling out Wembley Stadium than CM Punk. Mm -hmm. And aside from Drew McIntyre, there's nobody else with the name cachet of CM Punk. And as big a fan as I am of Drew McIntyre, he's not the star that CM Punk is. He is not the name mm -hmm. value. So yeah. if you want to get back up over a million views, if you want to sell out Wembley Stadium, you have CM Punk come back and you have him feud with the elite immediately. Okay. The, I mean, I, I don't disagree. That's, that is, a I think, a moneymaker. Um, and I was going to bring up the Drew McIntyre thing in a minute, but let's go ahead and talk about that. Uh, apparently he uh, has... I, I'd like to speak on the scene. Okay, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jeff, go ahead. Because I, I would I would propose a middle ground. I, I don't think that CM Punk sells at Wembley Stadium. I don't think anyone is going to sell a Wembley Stadium in AEW. I mean, but if you're talking about getting over, you know, an actual asses and seats of 50,000 or 60,000, maybe. And, you know, they could claim victory from that. Um, CM Punk's already under contract. They don't need right. to sell They just need them to come back to work. Right. Um, I would buy out his contract for a, a significant amount of money for him to agree to a particular script and to stay within that where it culminates at some day that maybe at Wembley Stadium where Kenny Omega defeats him or Hangman Page defeats him. That's just the way he's got to go out if he wants to earn the next three years of contract without having to work for the next two and a half years. Because long term, yeah, he, he does bring them a net gain audience of 150,000 more people. Um, and that, that seems to be sort of, but at this point, does that get you over a million? Close, but not, not, not exceptionally. I don't think he's worth the trouble. I also don't think he's durable enough. So that would, my compromise would be buy him out of his contract, more or less a full freight, have him, you know, whether it's at Wembley or, or you know, it's, a, it's whatever their fall pay-per-view is, wh whatever it is, that his story culminates then and he's out of wrestling. He's free to do whatever he wants. The stars in WWE already said, we don't want him here. Um, and just let him do his own goddamn thing after that. So I, I would do a middle ground. I don't, I've never cared about CM Punk, but I, I, I 
can't ignore. I mean, you're supposed to try to make money out of real life controversy in wrestling. I just don't trust them to be durable enough to do it. So I, I, you know, put like Michelin men around him to keep him safe and just, just have him do that program where he, he looks good until he loses to, you know, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. And, and if, if those are the guys that you want to, you know, sort of build your company around, that's your choice and, and do that and then, then be done with him. As far as the dumbest thing you can do, it might be to, to destroy, to, to, you know, create a civil war or, or recreate the civil war that's already going on in your locker room. Um, but they've already done something really, really dumb this week, and that's bringing Jeff Hardy back. So uh, obviously stupidity isn't an issue, and they're constantly booking matches and advertising cards around them with people who don't work for AEW. They're bringing Vikingo versus Drolistico back. Neither one of them is on a contract with AEW for right. a championship for a title that is not an AEW title, and they're, they're marking around that. So, so doing dopey things like that where the next – it's probably not going to happen, but the very next day – both of those guys could be signed by other competition. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's just, it's just dumb. I mean, you, you don't see it in, in, in any other industry. Um, so that, that's how I feel about CM Punk. It's, it's sort of a middle ground because uh, I like to look for a, a settlement or, you know, make a false choice when there is a, a pathway in between. Lawyer's going to lawyer. Yeah, you got to make that work. I mean, I, I, I think I'm at the point where, you know, between WWE and AEW, you look at what he's done to locker rooms, and I just I, – I can't run that risk. I, I really can't run that risk when, you know, he's going to be pouty. We know Tony Khan's not going to make him – you know, the suspension thing came after the fact. He should have suspended him right there at the press conference, you know, and it took an altercation with your vice presidents um, for, for something to be done. And, you know, and you, you suspended everybody. Okay, cool. But they're still getting paid. Okay, cool. You know, I mean, oh, damn. I'm getting paid to sit at home and do nothing. Shit. Oh, that's so terrible. You know, I mean. Yeah, I don't think Miro's heartbroken. Like, I, yeah. I don't I don't see Miro going online going, oh, I really want to get back on TV. He's just like, yeah, okay, cool. You're paying me out. Great. I'm still Whereas you have Lance Archer. Home. Where you have Lance Archer, who's like, "Put me the fuck back on TV." What the fuck are y'all doing? You know, on Twitter, because the man wants to work. He he wants to earn his money. He doesn't want to, you know, take checks at home. You know, I mean, I look. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm, am I saying that partially biasedly? Yes, but I'm also you. You have to look at it going. Okay, here's a guy. You got Miro who's staying at home and like, I'll take money and then I'll take TV gigs. And then you got a guy like Lance Archer who they're and he's like. Put me on fucking TV. I don't want to stay home. I want to wrestle. I want to do these shows. I want to do these things. And he takes booking. He goes to Japan. He's in this New Japan tournament for the U.S. title to face Kenny Omega. And he's got to face Juice Robinson in a month or two. You know, I mean, he's wanting to work. You know, he's you have someone who's willing to do these things and put, you know, be an ambassador for your company. He ambassadored the shit out of New Japan when they were here for the G1. Like he can't, like he wasn't even on the card. G1 hadn't built the card yet. He was not on the card. He did not find out he was on the G1, not only on the show, but in the G1 two weeks before the show started because he canvassed the shit out of the area to promote the show. And I mean, look, if you've got a guy like that on your roster, why aren't you using him? You know, for, for shit like that. To me, the CM Punk thing, it, I don't want to run that risk. I get what you're saying, Chris. It's about the money, and I understand the money. But at what point 
do you risk imploding your locker room, which is part of your story for that money? Is that going to be know worth what, it? You know what? I, I honestly believe a big part of what you need to do if you're going to have CM Punk is you need to be willing to you as the like as the owner, as the person mm-hmm. in charge, you actually need to be willing to have the conflict with CM Punk. Let it be with you. Let it be you and him having a conflict, and then it won't bleed over. But you have to actually be willing to sit with them and be like, okay, Phil, tell me why you're upset. And then mm-hmm. talk to him back. And then he's going to come back at you with something snooty and fucking whatever. And you have to be willing and able to just be like, okay, Phil, listen, I hear you. Okay. And I'm, but like, let's try to have a conversation where we're just talking to each other. There's no reason for us to get on Twitter and fight about it. Let's have a sit down conversation. Let's talk like real men. And I actually think that CM Punk would respond well to that, but nobody so far that's, that's booked him seems to have enough balls to confront him. And CM Punk is not going to kick your ass as he proved in his two fights with you, with the UFC. So just fucking have the conflict with him. Yeah. Sit there in the locker room for an hour after every fucking show if that's what he needs. That guy can make you millions of dollars mm-hmm. as long as you can figure out how to control him. And it seems to me that nobody that 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 has had him on their roster has been willing to do that. Hunter backs up. He just goes, okay, whatever, whatever. This is what we're doing and blah, blah, blah. And then he walks out and he leaves. Tony goes in and he goes, um, hey, excuse me. Could we maybe do this thing? We had this, we had this idea that maybe this would be good. And then, oh, 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 um, uh, and then, yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. If you could, if if we could just maybe do this, and then and then later, after he goes away, after he's out of the room, goes, I'm not gonna fucking take this shit. I'm just fucking not. Fuck you, TK. You've mm. done nothing but take people's shit since you started this fucking company. You have no balls whatsoever, and this business shit is just fucking ridiculous, man. CM Punk is a pain in the ass if you want to sign him. He's also somebody who can make your company millions of dollars, and I mean that. He can make your company millions of dollars, but you have to be willing to be like, okay, you're going to be my pain in the ass so that you don't become Chris Jericho's pain in the ass, so that you don't become Hangman Adam Page's pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. You'll be my pain in my ass and we'll work through it. Yeah, That's all you got to do. Yeah, and I mean, Elizabeth said it, I think, just as well as you did there with that. And then I did see this earlier. Lab Rat brought this up, and I wanted—I wasn't going to talk to you guys about it, but AEW might split the locker room and put Punk on a third TV show as the star and to keep talent separated. I don't That's know all you- nonsense. All of, that, all of that is puffery. It's made up. There is no third show. There, there's, no, there's no split locker room. They're not separating people. This is, this is all – it's all – fiction yeah there's already a third show let's call battle of the belts so if they're going to do a live saturday night version of battle of the belts terrific try something new so that it's not taped and that people tune into the show for a change well uh, but there the is other, no additional show well the, here's the thing this is the only reason why i even bring this up because i i just listened to uh strictly business with eric bischoff and they talked about it on his show how it wasn't just a, it was released by TNT by Turner Broadcasting that they are looking at a third show for this, and 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 this reason was specifically brought up that this was spoken about with AEW and Turner, you know, and this was released, you know, and, and I mean Eric Bischoff with Strictly Business. I don't know if you've ever heard his show, but they literally talk the business of wrestling. They don't talk 
you know, speculation or whatever. These are things that have been released by companies to talk about. I get it. And I, I saw what Eric Bischoff said, but you know what he didn't provide? A link or a screenshot of anything released by Turner saying that. True. I know. And I, I agree with that. That's when, when networks release statements, they release statements. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just say, everyone's just fabricating stuff off something Andrew Zarian said. A Andrew Zarian knows people in advertising, hmm. including buyers within the networks. Uh, you know, uh, no one else has said anything. Anyway, there is a third show. It's called Battle of the Belts. They have three shows. Ish, but I mean, well, I guess you could say four if you count the um, the behind the scenes show with Britt Baker and Adam Cole and. All that uh, I'm not counting that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean that, that that's just fulfilling the the contract they already made with Roads to the Top. Right. Yeah. It's 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 doing that. But still, I mean, if we wanted to be technical in that aspect, okay. yeah. Give them four. Yeah. Um. But okay. So let's talk about this Wembley show. Wembley holds ninety thousand. Right. Uh. I think in in the biggest thing. Um. What is a victory for AEW numbers wise in that stadium? Uh, guys, what do you think? If you're an AEW fan, there's no such thing as defeat, so it doesn't matter. If if you're Tony Khan and you're not looking to make money, uh, then then you go with your AEW fans. Anything over thirty five thousand ass and seats to me would be a victory. Mm -hmm. If you're not an AEW fan, or you look at it from a business perspective as to whether or not you make money or not, they're they're going to lose money. I mean, one hundred percent, they're going to lose money. Wembley. WWE barely broke even in 1992. Uh, they charge much more money. Um, they had 69,000 people there. The lowest attendance ever at Wembley, I think, was something like 49,000 or some, something like that. Uh, so I guess as long as they're not the lowest attendance, I mean, paid or otherwise, I, I, I don't know what victory is because I don't know what this does. Mm. I mean, they're not going to get a new British TV uh, contract out of it. It doesn't change the fact that 90 to 95% of their money comes from North American television contracts. Nothing's going to change that. So PR, I don't think there's any way for them to lose except for people who already want them to lose. So let's say, just say Jeff Lippman is that guy. I'm, I'm the ultimate cynic. What, if that stadium is two thirds empty or half empty, I'm going to say that looks ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, but other people are going to say they went to another country. They're going internationally. It's a win, and they they sold forty thousand tickets. That that no other indie, no other promotion other than the, than WWE is even, even New Japan can't sell forty thousand. So they, I think they they've already won and they've already lost, depending on who you're talking to. The only thing that would be a win, I think, objectively by everyone's mark, would be probably more than two thirds filled, and then I think that shuts everybody up. All right. So you're saying more than two thirds fill objectively if we're going to look at it overall. So that's what sixty, you know, ish, sure. ish, yeah. you know. Uh, and I mean, okay. And then there's the the rumor around going around that Drew McIntyre's profile has been cleared of all his WWE stuff, um, which again, that's him working the fans. Oh yeah, you know, fans. look, look. That the first thing that that came out, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, Drew McIntyre, his profile." Okay. So. It's story. It's storyline. So yeah, we can we can we we can cover that if you if you like as well. Yeah, we'll get there in a minute. But uh, Chris, what about you? Do you feel like some people are always saying AEW's won because they're running Wembley? 
which I think I, is stupid. No, because you all you have to do to run Wembley is give Wembley their fucking the the payment that they want. Right. You could you could run Wembley conceivably if you wanted to run Wembley. You could go to Wembley. You could give them their fucking payment, and then you could run a chess mass match between two people and have six other people in the fucking audience. They wouldn't give a shit as long as you're mm -hmm. paying them. You pay Wembley the the right fucking money. They'll let you have a uh, they'll let you have something there. So Wembley's already gotten their money now. Mm -hmm. To me, the question of what is a, what is success and what is not success actually doesn't have anything to do with how many people are in the seats. I think that it'll look ridiculous if they have too few people because it is a gigantic fucking arena. Mm -hmm. But as long as the gate is in the is in the black, like I don't I don't think it matters. Like if they're making money, they can go there and they can say, "All right, we were successful." Now listen, Jeff's right. It doesn't matter what happens. They're going to say we were successful because either they'll say, "We had the most, we had the biggest audience for an AEW show ever" because, you know, I mean, they've never had more than 18,000 or whatever, right? So right. they're going to say, "Oh, look at what a success we had and etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Um but again, to me, it's the gate. Did they make money on this endeavor or did they not? And the problem with that is, as we've talked about before, the fucking fee to book Wembley's is a lot of money. So you're going to have to recoup a lot of money in order to really come out of here as a success. But again, they're going to claim success no matter what. To me, it comes down to the gate. Did your show make money? And if it did, then you were successful. If it made a dollar, fine. Who cares? Like you, you made money, but it needs to be that you made money. And if you didn't, then it's a failure to me. Right. But I'm I mean, a dollars and cents kind of guy. Yeah. And I agree with you. Uh, and I mean, somebody asked the question, doesn't Tony own a soccer team as well? No, Tony does not own a soccer team. His dad owns a soccer team. His dad owns the, uh, that not only do they own the Jaguars, but they don't, they own Fulham, uh, FC as well. Uh, in, in Europe, and this is why, um, uh, because then Elizabeth, why don't they run the stadium, uh, their own club uses? Because, uh, because Elizabeth, the stadiums there are like weird, like you have, so like, say, I'm an Arsenal fan. If you go to Emirates Stadium, it can hold 50 to 60,000, but then you can go down the street to Tottenham and they may only, may only hold 20,000. And also, the biggest problem is the pitch. The pitch and the grass is like um, more sacred than church ground in those places. To film Ted Lasso in the stadium that they're filming at, they had to create new ways to put cameras so they could not touch the grass. Like when they have that opening scene in Ted Lasso where they're like, get off the fucking grass. Like that's how legit it is. There is no fucking way they would allow anybody on the turf. You couldn't do whatever they do to be on the turf. So that's why they can't run those things. They need general purpose auditoriums. And the reason why the cons could get an AEW can get Wembley is because of Tony's relationship with the EPL as a owner of Fulham. And, you know, and I mean, is it, is it a huge, like, Hey, we're going to go for a big swing here. Yes. Because here's the thing. They're thinking, Oh, we're not just going to pull from London. We're going to pull from France or pull from Germany we're going to pull from Europe. Europe is going to pull all this stuff in. But here's my question. Where is anybody in Europe watching AEW? What are the international numbers look like for AEW? You know, Not a lot. And there was a – well, we'll never know because it, it doesn't matter because it's all through streaming. Right. And so it's, you know, it's like people who buy The Zone or B in TV International. And so everybody who's in that gets – 
pennies, you know, you know, or or fractions of pennies. But but somebody in the in the chat mentioned something very interesting. Uh, and I lost because we have two we have more people. <laughs> We've had a lot of comments, which is great. Um, let me see if I can find it. Is it Todd Brantley about Craven Cottage? No, no. It was Media M Five who said they need to repeat the formula for All In. Okay. The thing about All In is it wasn't they. It was actually yeah. a Ring of Honor uh, sponsored event, and what happened was is that everyone literally went in. New mm -hmm. Japan, Lucha Underground, which doesn't exist, Impact, NWA. Um, I think there's a, a bunch of the Indies. They all literally went all in. Almost everybody except for WWE. Well. All these companies aren't going to be sending people, you know, to, to Britain now. Tony may well pay for that to happen, but I don't think NWA is doing any business with them because he burned them and embarrassed them. I don't think Impact's doing any business with them for the same reason. Triple A might, but, you know, there's probably visa issues getting into into England and, th and things like that. They, they seem to have visa issues keeping their, their Mexican talent in AEW consistently. Mm. Even guys who have been doing it for... 15 years like Penta and Phoenix constantly have seem to have issues. Um, what they here's what I think they might do is they might rely heavily on UK promotions, Rev Pro and Progress and things like that. Maybe Pac will get a feature match wherever he's been. He's in the witness protection yeah. program. Maybe some like a, a Will Ospreay will show up as a representative of New Japan, but really just to go home. Um, and stuff like that. Zach Saber Jr. And listen that's all fine. That, 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 that would be fine. But none of these folks are big draws. I mean, there's nobody who's a Will Ospreay fan who isn't, who's in the United States watching wrestling, who isn't already watching AEW. There's nobody who loves Zack Sabre Jr. Who isn't already watching AEW. So, you know, maybe the spectacle of it, but I mean, the spectacle of Forbidden Door is a giant spectacle as well. And that, and that got about, what, I think 20,000 last year and this year. They mm -hmm. have sold out basically close to 13,000 or the entirety of 13,000. But that's 13,000. That's not 90,000. Right. So it's a big swing. And there, there's an old saying that says fate, uh, fate uh, for, favors the, the bold, uh, or fortune favors the bold, sort of synonymous. But also fortune favors the fortune. Um, and when you already have a fortune, you, you can do things like this. It, it, like Chris said, anyone can rent Wembley. You pay them their ask. You get event insurance. You guarantee certain things for their vendors and whatever their, and whatever their take of, of the tickets are, whatever. And if you are a zero like me and you're doing it, their ask is just going to be more because they're going to say, we need you know $6 million for, for our merch tax and we need... And then we expect $14 million. So in, in you know, instead of charging you $450,000, we're charging you two and a half million dollars to rent it or whatever, whatever. You know, my math is all over the place. Here. Right. No, no, um, and, and someone like Tony can say, right, here's your two and a half million dollars. Here's my event insurance, uh, fully surety and bonded, you know, with, with Lloyd's of London. I don't care. I'm not looking to make money. I'm just looking to make splashes, you know, and, I don't care. I could lose my entire one and a half billion dollar fortune because I know that I'm a fifty percent heir of an eleven point five billion dollar fortune. Right. Listen, if he wants to go ahead doing that way and fooling people into thinking this is a successful venture, that's fine. And if you want to define success as on TV, 
doing things internationally. Second biggest promotion. It's more fun. It's more entertaining. We get more international talent. We get it. We see Aussie Open. We see Vikingo. We see Commander. You know, you know, whatever. If you want to define that as success, you know what? If that's you, you're right. If, if you don't care about a profit motive in a business, I don't understand it. But maybe it's just because I'm a dirty capitalist. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand business models that don't make sense from a business standpoint. I didn't understand the housing boom of the early thousands. I didn't understand Enron. I don't understand crypto. I don't understand NFTs. You know, it just turns out that most of those things tend to go away, and a few people get rich, and, and most people lose their shirts. Um, Will that be the case with AEW? I guess we'll know in 15 years when uh, somebody not named Brian Alvarez finally writes a book. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I really think that this is indicative to the idea that Tony Khan, you know, views him, for lack of a better phrase, views himself and his company as bigger than they really are. I mean, let's be honest. You know, I mean, could you have run a different stadium and still gotten the same results, you know, a smaller stadium maybe and made it look packed and, and, and everything like that? Sure. You know, I mean, when they do the model that you do here in the States, you know, it doesn't you don't... catch the headlines though. That's, look, that's what this I, I, is yeah. about more than anything else. This is about catching headlines. This True. is about, you know, cause now like what culture can run a, a you know, a, a thing on their website that says AEW is, it's going to Wembley, not just mm -hmm. going to London, not just going right. to England, not just crossing the pond, not just, you know, they're going to, they're doing international dates, which those can all be things, right? But they're nowhere near the headline that AEW books Wembley. That's a huge headline for this company. Mm -hmm. So for him, that's really more of what he's looking at than, than anything else. It's not dollars and cents. It's mm -hmm. not even the gate. He's looking at it as how many more eyes can I get to look at AEW is a thing and it right. exists. Yeah. So, so it's a clout thing more than a money-making thing. I think he, he thinks that, well, I'm going to put up this money in the short term and then it's going to pay off long-term down the road. Um, you know, what was, I heard the, the phrase, you got to spend money to make money. Right. Yeah. And, and this is what I think he's doing, but it feels like Tony Khan has done way more spending of the money than making of the money between all the signings of people, the places, the things that they're doing, these shows, all that stuff. And I, it, it hasn't brought about the return and in the investment that he's really put into there. Um, you know, and, and so I, and okay. And Todd Brantley says he wanted to one up it because uh, WD, they were in the O2 arena in the month before. Do you think that had something to do with it? Or you think it was just more of, you know, Hey, Wembley sounds really cool. You know, I mean, I look, I don't know. You can't run your business on I'm trying to one up WWE because they're going to beat the shit out of you every time. And twice but he has. Yeah, but he has. Yeah, like, that's... Especially over the last several months. That's exactly how TK has booked everything. Watch the product. Yeah, there's not there's not a single homegrown talent that isn't going over the former WWE talent right now. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them. And if it's between two talent who were both in WWE, it's the talent who's been in AEW longer who's going over. It is that serious right now over there in terms of their booking. So, yes, that had something to do with it. Yes, that's a motivator for for Tony Khan. And if I'm the WWE I'm figuring out how I can use that as leverage. I'm figuring mm -hmm. out how I can use that to needle him into making more stupid mistakes. You know, to me, it's like, it's like if I'm the WWE, I'm now, I'm now going to have some of my talent tweet out, 
hey, Miro, hope you're doing good, bud. We miss you over here or something like right. that. I'm going to have my I'm going to have my people basically saying, you know, look at the stupid fucking mistakes that they're making over there. Because, again, like here's here's my philosophy. If I'm Tony Khan, right, you've mm-hmm. signed a contract with me. You're AEW talent now. I don't give a fuck where you were before. You're AEW talent. We're going to use you to the best of our ability. We're going to book you the best way that we possibly can. And we're going to make this company into the superstar company that we can. But he is not looking at it like that. He's looking at it as I have my originals and they need to go over so that my company seems like a bigger deal. And again, he's missing the number one fucking lesson from the Monday Night Wars. And that is when you get talent from the other fucking company, use them. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, you know, somebody brought this up. Lab Rat brought this up, uh, which I actually heard again on another podcast this week from uh, or an article. It was talked about that an AEW official asked, is their roster too big? You know, do they have as far as signed talents? You know, you know uh, is is their roster too big? And I mean, I can't see why they're not, you know, uh, uh, their roster is too big. I can't see why we like. I mean, how many times have we talked about where's Pac, where's Lance, where's Miro, where's this? You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's six months later. And, oh, look, they're back. Never a reason to rhyme or hey, they got hurt or nothing. It's just they disappear for a time period, and it's like, oh, I guess we could use you again. Let's do that. And so, uh, does does this roster need to be pared down to have a better creative overall? Is, is, I guess, the question. Chris, what do you think? Do they need to pare down this roster to make it better so that when things like Wembley and stuff come on, people are more interested? Because, like, right now, I told Jeff last night before you came on, I turned on for five minutes and I was done with, with Dynamite last night uh, or whatever that stupid show is on, on Fridays. Rampage. Um, Rampage. Yeah. We, I'm not even at the point where I'm paying attention anymore. I, like, you know, I don't even attempt to watch Dark or Dark Elevation, you know, and Dynamite is just the same i I like eh, never mind i'm not into like they cannot keep my attention Mm -hmm. with it because it's half the time it's like wait haven't i seen this already what happened to so-and-so where's so-and-so you know we're not having that what what needs to happen does this roster need to be pared down do we need to have better storytelling all the above none of the above to make things like when they say hey we're playing wembley to make it more meaningful and go like you know what 90,000 people will show up and maybe we'll get, uh, you know, 2 million in pay-per-view buys because we'll have people from Europe in uh, the USA and Japan and everybody watching because we have all this talent on the show, which, you know, like you said, we have guys like Vikingo and different things on the show who aren't even on the show, but yet we can't get our signed guys on. What, what do you guys think? Uh, Chris, what about you? What do you, what do you think? I know mean, there's a long question. But... Okay. So, well, okay, but I can follow it. Um, <laughs> uh, does the roster need to be pared down? Um, I think almost unquestionably the roster needs to be pared down. There are guys on that roster who are simply not TV ready. There are lots of girls on that roster who are simply not TV ready too. I mean, I talked about it this week on the skirmish on the PWC network, by the way, um, where, uh, you know, uh, Sky Blue was on TV. She she did nothing but throw strikes for the first four minutes of her match, and she missed every single one of them by a foot. And I'm not exaggerating. You watch that goddamn match, and you go, what the fuck am I looking at? This is awful, okay? Like, 
I, I've said this to people before. Okay, I know that it's not the same production value, and you need to actually get good workers. But like, do you remember? Remember when we were all watching that, uh, you know, Cap, that Captain America movie, and uh, and GSP and him were having the fight. Uh, but it was very clear that GSP wasn't hitting him, and we all saw that GSP was missing him by a foot and a half. No, mm-hmm. you don't, because they didn't fucking allow that. They didn't right. allow that. You had to actually get either the production right, or you had to get the actual shot right. So. We don't have the possibility in professional wrestling to redo. So if you have a talent who can't make it look like they're actually hitting their opponent for five fucking minutes straight on a wrestling show, they need to be told, hit the indies, come back in six months, and we'll see you again and see if you've gotten any better. But they can't just keep signing people because, and they are just signing people because, oh, Sky Blue's dating the guy whose leg just broke. That's why she has a job. That's not a good fucking reason to hire somebody for your wrestling company. If she can't wrestle, tell her to fuck off to the indies for six months. Get your shit right and then come back. And then, like, she misses she misses five minutes of strikes by fucking two feet. And then she tries to do a hurricane rana off the apron to the floor and wax the back of her fucking head doing it. Well, hello, dummy. If you can't do the fucking simple shit, you're definitely not going to be able to pull off the fucking complicated shit. What is... What is this company sometimes? So, yeah, I mean, the roster needs to be pared down. If for no other reason than there are just a number of people there who have no business being on television. But they do have a roster right now who you could absolutely skyrocket them if you had proper fucking booking. Mm -hmm. And they do not have proper booking because Tony Khan will not allow anyone else to take creative reins. And he's just not good at this. He is not good at booking. Mm-mm. No, but he's the genius booker for the last two years. And, yeah, he's the and, booker of the year. Three yeah, years in a row. Yeah, so Todd Bradley brings this up. Scorpio Sky, Miro, uh, Layla Hirsch, Sharina Deeb, Andrade, Anthony Ogogo, Bandito, Brian Pillman Jr., Coca Cabana. Those are just some of the people that are signed that we have yet we to see. Seen. You, yeah. you, could, you could do that list forever. Oh, yeah. I mean, in, in answer to your question, is I think I kept think I kept track. Yeah. Yes, they should pare down the roster. Yes, they need better storytelling. Another thing is they need to use more of the roster. We, despite how many people we have, we're still going to get two to three segments every show with the Jericho Appreciation Society. We're still going to see the BCC every show. We're still going to see Best Friends every show. We don't need that. And by the way, they're not the only ones guilty of it. I will say this. Tony Khan isn't good at booking, but he's not that much worse than anybody else. And it's some, uh, in some ways, he's sometimes the best of the worst. Mm. Which is, which, I mean, there's no good booking in wrestling. But I'll say this, part of the reason why he has such this, this well of, of goodwill equity in the wrestling world is that AEW, not, so, not that it's so great, but because it does bring in people from all these other places and puts them on American TV that you're not easily going to see or you're not looking for. I mean, you could see Aussie Open if you put on New Japan World on YouTube mm-hmm. if you wanted to. They just put their entire battle uh, uh, in the Valley on YouTube three weeks after the pay-per-view. Right. No one bought it. Um, but part of the reason it's Goodwill is not just that. I mean, you're doing it for free. You don't have any effort to do it. But because AEW is, a, is basically... This, the, the, this generation's version of a socialistic dream of everyone gets a job. Mm-hmm. So it's a works program. 
Everyone is getting a job. Everybody gets a job. Even if you're not on the contract, you're on per appearance and you get enough appearances at your top rate. Like he thinks that like the, the, the indie wrestlers who ask for $1,000 get $1,000. No, they get $125 and they have to pay their own way there. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, I get $1,000. Okay, you get $1,000. Uh, oh, I also get plane tickets in. Okay, yeah, fly in, no problem. Um, you know, you know that's part of the Wembley thing. He's going to be flying all those people in. He's going to be putting up 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 and lodging properly for a week. That's all part of the cost. Nobody's going to talk about, it. and that's fine. He, you know, you know, if if, if he loses, if if he's if if he makes, let's say, remember said that like last year they they grossed a hundred million dollars. Let's just say that they netted negative $60 million. Let's just say he loses $60 million. Let's just say Forbes has his net his net worth correct at $1.5 billion. Okay. That, is, that is about 4% of his net wealth on an annualized basis. How many of us don't blow 4% of our net wealth every year on our hobby? I mean, how many golfers spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a year golfing? Or hunting, or or paying the slip fees and the fuel fees on their boats that they use three times a year, and go fishing or whatever. Or how many people, you know, spend twenty percent of their income on one big vacation a year to go to Disney World? This is nothing to him. If he's losing, you know, if if, if you, I don't know that they're losing sixty million dollars a year. For all I know, that they're, they're losing two and a half million dollars a year. Whatever it is, it's a fraction. Maybe he's losing two hundred million dollars a year. Does that hurt? Yeah. Is it still less than twenty percent? Yeah, that's about that's about what a hundred, hundred and fifty, or fifteen percent of, of of his net worth. Yeah, I, I probably blow fifteen percent of my net worth on on hobbies all the time. You know, if you count, you know, getting Disney Plus and you know HBO and all the other shit that I do to, to do. If this takes up twenty four seven of his life and and he's having fun doing it. You know, it, it, it this this is his rich boyhood, richy rich fantasy come true. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of pluses, uh, Labrat said AEW should just be called Indie Plus, um, and then gather from all the gatherings on that. But I mean, and, and continue this. These are guys that are signed: Fuego del Sol, Griff Garrison, Matt Sadal, Pat, uh, and then Keep I going, guys. Bear, Bear Country, so, yeah, Sunny Kiss, uh, Nyla Rose. You know, these are all 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 people who have been signed have contracts. I do know Fuego because he lives in the area. He had a broken foot. That's why he hasn't been wrestling. Well, how's uh, like Chris Statlander's injured. Layla Hirsch is injured. Mm-hmm. The Bunny's constantly injured. I mean, there's tons of people who are injured. Kip Sabian came back for two weeks. Now he's been gone six weeks. No one talks about it. Who, you know, but listen, I don't know what your friend Lance makes versus what Miro makes. But I bet you that Miro gets close to what he got with WWE, which probably means he gets sure. one and a half to two million dollars a year. My guess is that Lance got more than he got on the Indies, but probably and, you and know. Or, I, I do know that the the money was comparable to New Japan, but the travel makes the biggest difference. You know, he's not having to get on a plane, fly eighteen hours, you know, and then when you look, I have seen pictures of him in Japan in a hotel room where he's in the bed and his feet is touching the wall on the opposite right. side. You know, he, he's and New he's Japan got, doesn't pay a lot except for their top six or seven people. Uh, know, he got paid pretty well because of they they appreciated the, well, the feature aspect. Well, 
You for, don't have to say what he got paid, but what's pretty well in New Japan? Well, let's put it this way: he he owns his own house. He ha- I mean, like he's living comfortably where he takes the time off. He's not having to worry about expenses or things because they pay him well enough. Because he was what, considered what, a feature that? wrestler. That over under quarter of a million, half a million. Uh, I would say, look from from what I was able to, he, you know, no numbers were expressly read said. But from what I was to gather, he was probably in the six-figure realm, you know, easily. You know, um, was that multiple six-figure or is that one seventy? No, I mean, like I... mu- multiple six-figure, like you know, probably over one for sure. From from what I was able to gather, you know, that was a yearly take. You know, from from yeah. what I was gathering from that, but, but that might be the difference between wanting to work for for your money because there may be bonuses for appearance things. Versus Miro, who's getting two million dollars for sitting on his ass, right? And then, I mean, I know that was for him, for Lance, that was the biggest thing was the travel. And then he, with New Japan, he could work dates. It, with AEW, you can too a little bit, but like I know Fuego, he got his foot broke at an independent show. If you're Tony Khan and you have these guys sign, but you allow them to go to independent shows that aren't going to be broadcast or whatever, you know, because you're not, pay- are you paying these guys enough to be signed to AEW? If they're having to wrestle independent shows to make ends meet, you know, I mean, that's the that's the question I really have, you know, is and then Fuego, so Fuego breaks his foot, you know, doing a show. He's in a triple. He's a three way. He does a moonsaw off the top and lands weird and breaks his foot. And he's been in a boot for the last six weeks. You know, I mean, you know, the, then it becomes he can't work and he can't work for AEW. He can't work for an independent show. What does that work for TK? How does that, you know, these are all the things that, you know, it yeah, just. You know what TK does? He, then he brings them into the office and he gives them an office job, calls him an EVP and pays him a salary. I mean, that, 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 that's <laughs> what you're, and, that, and that's how you have a company where there's 27 EVPs and, and no actual employees. It's like that fucking gif of, of Oprah Winfrey. You get a job and you get a job and you get a job and everybody gets a job. But I don't want to compare, you know, necessarily apples and oranges, but recently it, came, it was leaked how much people at CNN make. And you had some people making $7 million and $11 million. And then there was like Erin Burnett, who's got like the 7 to 8 o'clock show. And I think she was making $3 million. And then there's the woman who I see that, the, the, you know, that basically does a two-hour slot in the middle of the day, and she was making one ten. And and I think that that's sort of New Japan that they're very top-heavy, mm-hmm. but like the younger, I don't know. Listen, I have no idea where Lance fits in in there in the equation. Yeah. But like the young lions and the people there for two or three years, basically they make the U.S. equivalent between thirty-five and fifty thousand. They they make right. less than NXT. Right, yeah. Americans I do know make way more than yeah, like local it. talent, you know, because right. and and all that, but. I think I think at the end of the day, what, it, what really we're we're talking about here is the fact that you know, and I think Elizabeth Elizabeth said it. I can't find it at this point because the chat is just doing really great. Oh, here I found it. Yeah, know, Impact is more enjoyable than, <laughs> to watch than AEW. You're not the best booker ever. Look, I can't disagree with her. I've tuned in on <laughs> Impact shows and been like, that was actually really damn good. I watched- I don't watch Impact, but let me say one thing. And I, I'm sorry to speak yeah. of you, Brad. When Impact was run by Scott Demore. Bruce Pritt, Pritchard, and I think Jim Cornette was the third guy at the time. But even when some of those people overlap with Billy Corrigan, impact the, the stories. It was fun. The talent was lacking. I mean, they weren't interesting. They weren't impressive to look at. But impact was fun. So, the, you know, so Scott Demore was 
overlapping in both those Venns. Mm -hmm. So I am sure that Scott, like if you gave Scott the more WWE's budget or Tony Khan's budget, he could produce better products. I don't or know. Just, or, or just give one of those guys ROH. That's that's the thing. It's like, yeah. it's like he does have – he's got so much available to him right now. He's got two different shows, three different shows if you count Battle of the Belts that happens – is it quarterly? Quarterly, Something I believe. Like um, so basically two different shows and a, and a quarterly special. But he's also got Ring of Honor that he owns and that he could run and that he could that he's he's trying to do Honor Club and whatever with like <clears throat> just give give yourself a little bit of space, Tony. Let somebody else do the booking on a show, and then you can just fucking piggyback off of that shit too. Mm -hmm. Like when Jim Cornette, by the way, speaking of corny, when when he was running OVW, the WWE watched what they were doing in OVW and often just fucking copied straight form from it oh that was a good idea we're gonna put that on tv because nobody fucking saw it in ovw mm -hmm. right do the same thing with ring of honor you've got how many people signed up for honor club Fifty thousand or whatever like not many anyways um and then well, you just yeah so okay so there you go right you give somebody else the fucking book over there you let them run it you have you have an excuse to say oh you're not happy here talent well you can go to roh and i'll keep paying you the same that i was paying you here anyway because that's how tk apparently wants to run his business is everybody's a friend there's no such thing as business anymore mm -hmm. so okay you don't like where you are you can go over to roh for a year and and see how things are that are, are over there and then while scott demore is coming up with brilliant things to do just fucking copy them yeah i mean look I, I don't know if you guys saw this or not this this usually this week or last week the way they did the josh alexander giving up his title bit you know you know uh, um i mean they a real life had his wife in the ring had his kid in the ring running around didn't want to give the belt up the kid was running around with the ring like made it a very emotional moment you know i mean sure you had in the ring steve macklin and like kushida like two black holes of emotion right there. But the Josh Alexander part and, you know, his family and having to give it up was very, very well done. Again, it's the talent sometimes is more the hindrance in the story itself in, in that aspect. Uh, you know, Mickey James deciding to retire and how they handled that. You know, that was, was you brilliant. know, very well done. You know, I, I think that, you know, <laughs> when you have... When you have stuff like that, like you said, don't be afraid to rip it off and just go. Uh, I mean, Hamid says all the time, uh, "What it's something about you know, good good creators create and a better ones steal from others or something along those lines." Great creators they, steal and make it their own. Right, exactly. Uh, that idea. It's it's not that hard <coughs> to sit there and do that, but you know, honestly, you know, at the end of the day. We have AEW. I mean, I think it's safe to say that it is the number two wrestling program <coughs> in the United States. By a wide margin. By a very wide margin when you compare it to Impact and everything along there's those bigger, lines. There's a bigger jump between two and three <laughs> than there is between one and two. I mean, there yeah. is. Like, just production-wise, money-wise, there's, mm -hmm. there's a way bigger gap. A way bigger gap. But I think, you know, I, does that mean... Does that mean we we go well? It's AEW, so it's fine. No, I think I think even with the WWE, we have this show because we see that there could be good there, and we want it to be better. You know, we want AEW to be better, to be that WCW, to push WWE further. And there's just 
it, it's not there. But at the same time, the biggest difference, you know, I will say this is you you get way more wrestling on a, a AEW show than you do a WWE show. Anymore. You know, you know. I, I mean, I mean, I think I looked at the times last night. Uh, AEW the the rampage last night. I think there was forty something minutes of wrestling, and for a two hour SmackDown show, there was thirty three. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a that's a huge difference in the two, and especially when you're wanting to watch a wrestling show, not a recap show. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're actually like the polar opposites of each other. Like the one show has too much wrestling to where like one of the main complaints that we make, like on the PWC, we review a lot of the well, all of the AEW shows. Um, and one of the main complaints that we make often is this match went too long. Why is your main eventer going 15 minutes against some local fucking enhancement talent? It's stupid. Right. In fact, one of the things that I said was a really good booking decision, although I like Silas Young, was that Silas Young basically got squashed this week by Powerhouse Hobbs. Well, Hobbs needs to be booked strong. He's right. one, he's your minor champion. You should be booking him like that. And nobody outside of the 12,000 people who signed up for fucking Honor Club know who the fuck Silas Young is, even though he's very talented. And I think right. he deserves better in general. But that's a thing, right? Like booking things long versus booking things short, they're both wrong. Book mm -hmm. them right. Like, right. Like book them correctly. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you've got, if you've got like a, if you're going to, if you're going to do the WCW thing and you're going to give away pay-per-view quality matches, then go ahead and make sure they're 25 minute barn burners. That's fucking yeah. awesome for me as a fan, right? <laughs> Business wise, right. it's wrong. But for me as a fan, I'm totally happy tuning in and seeing Brian Danielson go a 30 minute draw with fucking Adam page. That was awesome. That was fucking cool, man. Mm -hmm. I loved that shit. Okay. But like, but if I'm going to tune in and I'm going to watch Brian Danielson go 15 minutes against Isaiah Cassidy, you've lost me because this right. is fucking stupid. Right. And then the WWE, it's the exact opposite, right? They never give you a match. That's interesting. It's always, minor character against major character or two minor characters or there's two major characters but the, but it's a fucked finish so you never get to see anything that's even remotely interesting happen on tv right so they're two opposite ends of the coin the thing is what the wwe does give time to that aew should give more time to is stories mm -hmm. i see all these little packages and these little 30 second and it's not long it's a 30 second clip backstage of of uh, uh the wise man on the phone talking to the tribal chief right it's 30 seconds backstage of um you know, Kevin Owens getting frustrated with Sammy's insistence on going back to talking to these people who have beaten mm -hmm. the shit out of him 14 times before. Right. It's I love that. And they actually need to do more of that on AEW. But you're right. They are the they are the opposite sides of the coins in mm -hmm. WWE. It's not enough wrestling and too much story. Well, it's not even too much storyline. It's actually too much recapping on WWE, right. but it's not enough wrestling. Right. And then in AEW, it's so much fucking wrestling that doesn't matter. It's like, don't right. I don't want to see this. I don't need 15 minutes of Sky Blue missing her fucking punches. Yeah. I don't need Fuego. Del Sol. I like Fuego, but I don't need to see his like, oh, I'm trying to do this for like. 
that's cool and all. He's got the contract. Yeah, do, do you need to see? Do you need to see Fuego del Sol go twenty-five minutes against Lance Archer, or no. does that patently sound absurd to you? Oh, that, like, it's ridiculously you know? when I when I as a fan who has lived in here in Texas and seen them wrestle and seen them not go longer than five minutes because the way it should work is Lance should beat the shit out of him, and he does. So then when I see it on AEW and they go fifteen minutes, I'm going, "What the fuck?" Like I, I've I've seen it. Here at a show in Texas where they go five minutes because Lance is over as Rover in a big old dude and will not, you know, none of that stuff affects him because Fuego is tiny. Like, look, I'm and sorry. And it wouldn't. And it yeah. wouldn't affect him. That's that yeah. that's the exact right booking. Oh, Fuego is Del Sol. He's up to the top. He lands a missile drop quick. He lands a missile drop kick, but also, Lance Storm is 160 pounds heavier than him. It doesn't fucking affect him, and it wouldn't. Yeah. If you wrestle with your fucking six-year-old, they can't hurt you. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, unless they top rope and crotch you, you know, on accident when they crotch <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, okay, up, cool. The Give them a hope spot. Give yeah. them a hope spot, but that's it. That's it. You know, but, I, you know, I, I mean, look – we're not uh, obviously we have our opinions we we're not going to fix everything we, we but we we know what we see and we know that they're the frustrating part is it's not like it's it's deep complicated things that we're trying to fix it's simple stuff it's the simple things and it feels like you know chris jeff you know we're talking about things that aren't that hard but it's like they're making it 500 times harder and it's a complex thing no Make it make sense. Make it help tell story. Do the don't give me the recap per se on WWE. Give me the thirty second story things that you give. Like you said, I like those. I hate the four and a half minute recap of something that I don't care about because it wasn't even on the show and it makes no sense. I don't care about Cody and Brock because they're not on the show. But why am I going to watch four and a half minutes of them having a show at WrestleMania Backlash? When I don't give a shit because I don't watch Monday, I'm I'm watching Friday Night SmackDown, not Monday Night Raw. Stop giving me that shit. Give me the thirty seconds to the back. Show me yeah. the what they did last night. The Viking Raiders beating the shit out of Ricochet and Braun Strowman. Good you know, spot. yeah, no, it made sense. Hey, us two, we're gonna go after Braun. We're gonna take some metal. We're gonna beat him. We're gonna chunk him, and then we're gonna beat the shit out of Ricochet because we can do that because we're bigger. Braun's bigger than us, but both of us together, we can do that. And then we're going to, I mean, it made sense. It was logical. It took 45 seconds, I think, yep. maybe 30 to 45 seconds to get that spot done. And it told a story. Boom, done. But yet, then I got a four-minute-plus package on fucking Cody and Brock, which I don't give a shit about. They're not on the show. You don't even, like, just to quote Bianca Belair, you don't even go here. You know? I mean, for fuck's sake. Stop that. Stop that. You know? About a year ago... On the PWC, we did two shows called Outside Interference. One was dedicated to AEW. One was dedicated to WWE. And it was things that they were, that they were doing wrong, which they could improve upon. Each of them had at least 12 points. It was mostly me. Jimmy produced it. It was mostly me going. I would say if we listen to it again now, that probably almost all of them would still apply as not being fixed. Yep. But 100%. as bad as Dynamite was this week, and I thought it was pretty bad. It was a pretty middling show. Um, it was still the best wrestling televised show this week. And that is not a compliment. That is a spoiler. 
because I felt attacked this week by WWE. I, I felt two weeks ago, Raw was absolutely insulting. The Raw after WrestleMania, absolutely insulting. Everyone yeah. blamed this on it. Maybe they're right. But this week was on Raw marginally better. The second half was much better than the first, but by then all the life was sucked out of me. They said that there were some travel issues. Is that a pass? I don't know. Not really. You should be used to that when you're doing live shows. You know, down this week was just plain boring, and some of it was dumb. the The only thing that was smart was came from two heels that that aren't that are teams that don't make sense themselves that aren't probably aren't going anywhere. In Son in Sonya Deville's comments about the women's tag team championships, the the rest of it, like you said, I mean, I'm starting to feel the bloodline, which was the best thing in wrestling for two years now. They have it. It's not just overexposed through recaps and repetition, but they're running the same story twice a week now, two or three times per episode. It is. Yep. It's like watching the Outcast story on Dynamite. It's the same goddamn thing every week with the same people. I mean, how many times do I need to see combinations of Sky Blue, Willow, and Rio get beat up before Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker make the the, the save? Mm-hmm. I, I don't care enough. Enough. And then Tony Storm goes, we ain't going anywhere. And then they run away. I mean, it, the bloodline is the same goddamn thing. It's like, when will wrestling promoters realize that there is very much such such a thing as too much of a good thing? And and both these locker rooms have 50 people in the back. AW might have 250 people in the back. But they're not right. doing but Try other stuff. See what works. One of the things that, that Vince Russo always did, and he gets a lot of criticism, but he did preside over some of the best things in wrestling as well as some of the worst but one of the things he said is you have a story for everyone and yeah, you everyone. don't know what's yep. going to work you don't know what low card story is gonna is gonna take off and yeah vince russo needed an editor guess what other vince needed an editor vince mcmahon you know who else needs an editor everyone everyone needs editors um so anyway but i did feel attacked this week and less so by smackdown than by raw but this is the smack attack so I guess we'll focus. We focus our efforts yeah. on SmackDown. Yeah, and let, let's go ahead and do that. We we're an hour in. Let's just burn this out, and then if we want to talk anything else that happened this week, uh, we can do that after. I shouldn't take long. This is uh, uh, last night's uh, date was April fourteenth of twenty twenty three. They were at the Pinnacle Bank Arena in Lincoln, Nebraska, baby. Woo! Woo! I mean, that's a you know talking about that's yeah. They're 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 celebrities for the night. Where some Nebraska Corn Huskers and Matt Rule, the new coach, who was like, ah, like, like yeah, oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, that was, that was, you know, you're in Lincoln, Nebraska. You're not getting much there. Um, sure. Maybe that's why, the, maybe show, that's why the show was so boring. It's Nebraska. Warren Buffett, maybe. Yeah. Well, no, Warren Buffett is not stepping foot at a WWE event. There's no I way mean, in hell. You're telling me him and Vince aren't in the Illuminati Council together? True, but. Yeah, the only way he's doing that if he bought WWD instead of Endeavor. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I've heard that Warren's space laser's been acting up, so he's probably just f- figuring out how to fix that. Right. That's probably. By, more by the way, side story: If I ever opened a restaurant, it would be called Warren's Buffet. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's good. Uh, but to you know, to start, we have uh, our customary SmackDown start with people in the ring and talking, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Band, you know, the first Kevin comes out with his music and then Sammy and they start cheering. And, you know, we have this whole bloodline thing. And then here come the Usos and Solo. And then Matt Riddle 
comes in to help save the day because they're getting beat down. And, you know, Sammy talks about how, like, oh, yeah, your brother, you know, or going back to, you know, you, Sammy, you keep talking about, you know, we going back to talk to Roman about this, that, or the other. Um, yeah, look, this whole segment was boring. Um, it was, it was, it, it lacked anything, like, really, really, WrestleMania should have ended this. WrestleMania should have been done. We're moving on. Right, we're 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 over this. Let's let's we're done, and yet we're bringing it back. And now let's throw in Matt Riddle, bro. All right, this is this is super cool. Um, and the reason why is because you know they're going to have a match later. We find out from this altercation, and it's because you know Solo Sokoa put Matt Riddle down for six months. You know, when all actuality was Matt Riddle who put Matt Riddle down for six months for all of his behavior. Um, but you know, Solo's the one who did it. Um, you know, uh, this segment was awful. It, it was just not. You have Kevin Owens, you have Sami Zayn, you have the Bloodline. All worked, but for some reason tonight it was it was meh at best. It, I don't know. That was just me. That was my take on it. I agree with you. And the go. reason why it's, the reason why it's Matt is because you've seen it all before. And how can I already be sick of Matt Riddle when he just he just came five days ago? Because it was already a repeat, um, and I've seen the recaps of it six times during the course of the week, including mm-hmm. during commercials during NXT. So it's already old to me. And not only do I know that have I seen it already before. But I, I know that I'm going to see it again for the next five or six weeks, so I'm already sick of it in the future. And you're right. It should have ended at WrestleMania, but if they didn't want to make it end, you know how they make it end? Uh, no point. Where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn go, you guys lost. You go to the back of the line. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The Usos have to go to the back of the line. And thus starts their journey to come back up. Well, you know, and any setback, you know, the further divides them with, with Roman. Instead of just this lazy, they're right back there challenging. And they, you know, I, I, I get the rest of the WWE always has the rematch. But I don't believe for one second this is our last rematch. Like, mm-hmm. if I thought that this last rematch was going to be at Backlash, maybe I'd be invested. But no, I feel like I'm going to be seeing this for the next eight months to 18 months. And I, I just don't want to anymore. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Chris? Um, Yeah, this was like... um, You know how sometimes you have like a show that you really love and it's a great show and like you really, really love the show and then every once in a while they just have kind of an episode where you're like, did anything fucking happen there? Like, what did I watch, right? It's mm-hmm. it's sort of like, the, the the problem with this is like, when that, whenever that happens, especially in wrestling, I'm, I'm left wondering, okay, is this like the second last season of Sopranos where they seem to be kind of, you know, going in circles and sort of like they're waiting for something to happen and waiting for something to happen? Or is this like the last season of Game of Thrones where everything goes completely off the fucking rail? Like... Which is it when they have these moments? So this to me seems like it's definitely like uh, as far as as far as the storyline goes for the bloodline, this was a miss for me. It was a, mm-hmm. a nothing kind of show. Uh, there wasn't a lot that moved forward. 
but there's still possibilities here. Like, again, this could be that they're just out of ideas and it's just going to suck from now on. Or it could be that, you know, Matt Riddle's actually going to show some character development, which would be, you know, shocking after four years in this company. But like, mm-hmm. hey, if he did, I'd be happy to see it. It'd be probably good for him and it might be interesting for the story. Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to see a situation where, uh, you know, Roman really does get tired of the Usos finally and says, you know what? You guys are out. Just get out. Like, you're not part of this anymore. And then the Usos have to climb back up, you know, their own ladder of relevancy and and the bloodline can get renewed with something else. That would be interesting. That would be fine. There's lots of things that they could do to move it forward. But yes, since WrestleMania, it's like they're just circling. Like just circling, circling, mm. circling. And it's boring for people who like the storyline. And I really love the storyline, but it, it it hasn't been good since Mania. Right. And I mean, look, I'm not calling it WrestleMania backlash. It is the stupidest where you're trying to glom on WrestleMania. It's backlash. To, yeah, it's just backlash. It's just backlash. Like it's just call it backlash. Stop stop trying to glom on WrestleMania for a meaningless pay-per-view. Look, you're, you, the backlash is a meaningless pay-per-view. Stop trying to make WrestleMania a part of it to, to make it sound better. It's not. You know, so well, it's better that, than a few years ago when they were doing WrestleMania Roadblock and then WrestleMania uh, and then WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah. Like, stop it. No, stop just, it. Just leave it alone. Go. Uh, <laughs> all right. So next after this, we have L.A. Knight versus Xavier Woods because – you know, the way Wade Barrett said it was because L.A. Knight touched Xavier's Xavier Woods' controller. You don't touch another man's controller. So this is why, because L.A. Knight was complaining that, oh, you're here back here playing video games. And look, again, the dumbest premise for a match I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Now, you play video games, you don't wrestle. Well, if you actually put in the work to wrestle, then maybe you would be on the TV. Maybe you'd have been on WrestleMania. You know, a little shot at each other there. But we have this match again. Chris, as you said, <laughs> this was, I think, a three-segment match. You know, there are two commercial breaks in between, um, you know, the, the end of this match here. This is one of those matches where it's like, okay, we have two mid-carters, and they're going to go for 15 to 20 minutes. Yay, look, at two commercial breaks. Look, I, look, I... We, we at the end of the day, we all knew what was going to happen. It was going to be the backwoods, you know, that was going to get rolled up into the ring here. We we're just waiting for them to say Xavier, you know, uh, gets the backwoods um, for the win, which they didn't say that. I think I don't know if they're trying to get away from that now because he did the roll up and grabbing the tights at the end, which LA Knight tried to do, and the ref saw him. And then so then Xavier does the same thing, and the ref doesn't see it and gets the one, two, three. But like, you had that whole match because, and then you ended it with a, the bad guy does the roll up with grabbing the tights while the ref sees it. And then the good guy does the same exact thing. Oh, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. So, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a thing now. So I don't understand this whole thing. I don't I mean, either. I mean, of all of the call-ups and rehires in the last nine months, the only ones who have gotten over are Braun Strowman, because he's gigantic, and L.A. Knight, who they've managed to embarrass and have him lose at every turn possible. And he is still over. 
So they have him losing this few to, you know, Kofi, then he gets hurt, then Xavier picks it up, and Xavier's beating him for what? You know, to, so that Xavier can get beat by Gunter? Okay, fine. But that I doubt that was a, a long-term plan. Mm-mm. But, like, what's the point? Of, what is the end game? I mean, usually if you have a face that loses like this, they turn heel and then their fortunes change. Mm-hmm. But you have a heel losing like this. So, so what's the end game here? It, does LA Knight join the New Day because Big E isn't coming back anytime soon and they're going to try to do that? I mean, what what does LA Knight change? The, the, you know, does he hire some big thug? Do they bring Baba Tunde back up and he, he hires that or he hires him and Shanky or whatever? Does he hire uh, uh, in the share and they become his? I mean, what what is the end game here? You know, how, how does LA Knight get over this? I mean, mm. at some point, why are you squandering one guy who's gotten over just based on charisma, look, and 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 being able to talk and sounding like he's a winner, even though he's a loser, not looking, you know, comedic like the Miz? And you're you're killing him. You're killing one of your accidental successes, which people have told you would be a success for six years now. Um, I don't understand the purpose. I mean, the only other person that you could tell me that came up who's been a success is Chelsea Green. Uh, and she's she's been snake bit by having you know the, the thing with Carmella was beautiful. Mm. It was perfect synergy, and I don't know what's going on with Carmella. But then they tried to put her with it, and I'm sorry, Sonia Deville. She, she was perfect as the agent provocateur trying to undermine Adam Pierce. But anything else, nah, she's she, she, she's yeah. just not it. I I, I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand what's going on with LA Knight. Chris is Chris sometimes sees things I don't see. So Chris. Make it make sense. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to make it make sense. I'm going to I'm going to completely agree with what you said here. First of all, the job of a good booker is to uh, accentuate the positives of a talent and to keep mm. your eyes away from the negatives of that talent. Right. Mm. Um, the reason why we all say we, why everybody will tell you that um, Paul Heyman was a genius booker is because he was able to get guys over who normally would just be laughed at. Right. I mean. Tommy Dreamer is not a star in wrestling unless he has a genius booker booking for him. Mm-hmm. Rhino cannot speak. He's a he's got a great look and he's good in the ring and he's fun to watch, but he cannot speak. And so, you know, the booker in ECW just made things happen so that those guys could get over with what they were good at. Okay? LA Knight is is He's a generational talker. He he really is that good. He's of his generation. He's one of the absolute best on the mic. Um, so then you have him do more things where he's talking, where he's where he's on the microphone. You give him a Miz TV or whatever. Like you give him a reason to go mm. out there and talk, and he'll be able to get himself over. Um, instead, you don't give him a talking segment, and you make him go out there for fifteen fucking minutes against Xavier Woods. And lose? Why? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, don't tell me it was so that we can set up that Xavier can now challenge Gunther. Really? So beating LA Knight, who has lost everything, I think, since he's been here, gets you an opportunity to be the number one contender for Walter for the Intercontinental Championship? You know? Uh, no, I don't I don't get that. And, and that, Although... I didn't appreciate the segment where Walter goes, you're a goof. I don't wrestle goofs. You know, <laughs> like, like, look, and I don't 
Can we all agree that New Day is goofs? They're goofs at this point. And They've been goofs for two years for, now. Yeah, it's it's yeah. been a de- it's been completely dead for that long. I love yeah. the New Day when they first started. When they first started as heels, I was like, I'm all in. I fucking yeah. love this group. And when they and when they changed when they went face i was like i still love this group they're fucking entertaining they're great they're, mm-hmm. they're wonderful they're so cool right and i was on board with the whole kofi kingston getting the push and going to wrestlemania and winning the big one and everything but i said then and i've and i've maintained this the entire time they need to move forward something mm-hmm. else needs to happen and when they gave the belt to kofi everybody was yay kofi and i was in the background going Kofi needs to get more fucking serious. Otherwise, this is going to be a really short run and he'll be right back to the mid card. Well, guess what happened? Kofi continued to be funny. He got squashed in a minute by Brock and he's right back to the mid card. This is a mid card act. This is a lower mid card act at this point. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if you want me to take them serious, you got to give me a reason to take them serious. And it's not beating LA Knight and then, you know, talking about how good you are at video games. I just right. don't care. That doesn't get over with me. Right. Okay, so here's my... Okay, here's an interesting thing. Aiden Ben Shomo says this. Max Dupree is over <sighs> LA Knight. No. Uh, no. 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 It, it until, until WrestleMania, no. Since right. WrestleMania, yeah, probably. So... Is right. this Vince McMahon saying, well, now I'm not I'm not in the weeds, but I get to be sort of overall booking. And I fucking hate L.A. Knight, so fuck that guy he has to lose. Right, exactly. And then here's the thing. He says, let's give him an interview call. Let me talk to you. They had that on Impact Wrestling when he was Eli Drake. He had an interview segment called Let Me Talk to You. And he was like, and it was, it was good. It was very well done. It was Miz TV, you know, ish, but it was great. And, Call it uh, Nightline. Not, oh, even oh, I like that. Um, uh, because one, that brings back the nostalgia of the original ABC Nightline, and two, it's just really fun and creative. Um, you know, but I, I think I agree with you. The Max Dupree character didn't work. Uh, I, I think LA Knight is the character to to go with for this. I, to me, it feels like you know. Sean Rucker, Eli Drake, whatever you want to call him, this is the character he's more comfortable with. He did it never felt like he knew what to do or was comfortable with the Max Dupree character. You know, uh, it, it feels like here as as L.A. Knight, it's close to the Eli Drake of what he did, so he's a lot more comfortable with him. Um, <laughs> this is Eric Bischoff trying to kill Ric Flair every week. I mean, not the, the, this is that level of bad. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's. Look, it's it's not great, but I, I think at least we could. You know, the only thought is that we're beating him down so much, and, but he's over with charisma. That the goal is maybe to change him over so that he becomes a what? face, and when he finally wins, we're 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 even more cheer. I, look, I don't know what they're doing. That's the problem. We, if we he changes no his ways and embraces the 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 Lord of Light, he, he you know he's finally going to win. Because I mean, he can work face, but him being like the 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 uh, redeemed face, you know, go, going from uh, Modred to uh, Galahad the Pure is a is a weird storyline. If that's the storyline, I'll give it a chance cuz well, I because... it's it's just it just doesn't make here, here's here's, a suggestion. here's something that I something that I just thought of, right? Cuz okay. this is something that they do sometimes with talent. Um he might be in line to win the money in the bank. Oh, yeah. And sometimes before a talent does that, 
they make them sort of walk the line of you're going to lose to a bunch of people beforehand. And then right. you might get two wins before money in the bank so that you don't look very strong so that it's more of a thing when you actually cash in the money of the bank. Now that's a possibility that literally just came to my head, but that's something that we've seen them do before with talent where, okay, listen, we're about that's to strap the rocket ship to you. We need to make sure that you're willing to lay down too. Right. And then I, mean, I think, too, it's that idea of like right now he's not acknowledging the crowd and that it finally it becomes so overwhelming that they've they've cheered for him, even despite this, that it's that idea of, OK, cool. Well, I'm going to embrace the crowd now because I've won money in the bank and I'm going to do this for the crowd because they've shown that they have been behind me no matter what, you know, kind of thing. That could be the aspect that they're working on, too. I don't know. Hey, maybe, look, the guy's 40-something years old. Maybe it's Vince just shitting on him and, like, you're 40-something years old. You shouldn't be here to begin with. So I'm just going to fuck with you as as long as I can. We don't know what's going on. I, I think Pop Card is 40-something years old. What, what, what are you talking about? Well, yeah. look, I, look, I'm aware of that. Vince but allegedly is not anywhere near SmackDown. <laughs> so, supposedly. But, you know, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, if you take Triple H coming out and talking about that last week um, as a thing, I don't know. Uh, Who, whoever's booking stinks. Whoever it is, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, this this was not great at all overall the, in the night. I mean, because then after this, we had the backstage bit where – you know, I mean, <laughs> give it to all three of us. Hell, we can come up. We're, we've come up with some better storylines than you know, and are prognosticating than what they've done. But uh, after, so after this uh, awful match, then we had the backwoods with uh, Imperium, and, and I, I did like Walter says he's a goof. He doesn't like him, but he can beat with respect to him on the mat. And then Woods like, oh, I haven't been a champion in a long time, but you know, there's a reason you're not a champion for a long time. Walter said it. You're a fucking goof. That's why you don't have a title. But with this draft, I who's no. Walter? Yeah, shut up. Um, I love the Germans. Loves yeah, them. yeah, they're great. Um, and if then up, it's going to make for a very uninteresting talk show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then we had this other. We had more backstage segments where we had Riddle, Zane, and Owens, and then they're talking about it. You know, oh, he wants you know about Solo tonight, and oh yeah, man, it's like. You know, I've got to be worried about me, bro, and not everybody else, bro. And then we had the Judgment Day set up where Damian Priest talks about everything going on. And then with Puerto Rico and Bad Bunny and trying to sell this, was it SummerSlam pay-per-view? I don't know. Look, I wasn't even paying attention. No, it's in Puerto Rico, the one in Puerto Rico. Isn't that backlash? No. It's May 5th. I thought it was yeah, it's backlash. backlash. Is it backlash? In Puerto Rico? Yeah. Is it in Puerto Rico? I th- okay, I thought it was something else. I yeah, they're, they're, they're busy selling this while they still have the SmackDown Women's Champion acting like a sidekick to this group of buffoons. Yeah, well, look, I look. Obviously, this was so titillating and exciting that I was paying attention to what they were promoting. I was remember hearing something about Bad Bunny and he's going to be the host. Enjoy the show, da, 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 but I'll put you through a table again if you touch my family. And so then we have the match of Santos Escobar and the LWO versus Damian Priest with Judgment Day. Uh, again, just awful. It's dumb. I mean, look, this was a this was a one sec. This is a two segment match with a commercial break in between the two. Um, again, um, yeah. Okay, thanks, Elizabeth. I appreciate it. Backlashes in Puerto Rico. Whatever, like I don't care. Obviously, it was so exciting. I was paying attention. It was super great. Um, but again, this match, 
I love Santos Escobar. I, I like the fact that they brought out the LWO. I think it's super cool. Uh, and that Ray's the one who did it and brought everybody in. But I think we've talked about this before. They've been, LWO has been nothing but losers going forward. And at this point, with Dom, with Dom losing at Mania, shouldn't this be the place where they start turning it around? Yes, it's that feud also should have been over, and then you slowly build to bringing it back, which ultimately would have to be Dom's redemption and Ray's retirement. But this feud also should have been WrestleMania is supposed to be a, a, a reset, and they're falling mm-hmm. into the trap of what Vince used to do and what Tony Khan currently does, which is feuds never end. And and then and then you know the the shows we don't know who's on the on the cast of which show and you see the same people on on every show it, it it's it, it it's pretty annoying but i mean my biggest complaint with this is, well i don't know they're all co-equal but the uh rhea ripley is your smackdown women's champion she won a legendary match she beat a legend in the business she is arguably the top woman in the business and they barely mention her championship she doesn't raise a shit. She's there to help Damian Priest win over Santos Escobar. That is some NWA, NXT, Triple H booking. Now, she, and I know people love her with Dom, and I know people think Dom is a star. If you think Dom is a star, separate him from her and separate him from Ray. Because I am very skeptical he's a star without that. But you don't have to do it forever. But on SmackDown, she's the woman's champion. So when she's on SmackDown, she goes, guys, this is my show now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'll be, you know, maybe she runs out when they need it, but she should be cutting a promo. She and, and she should, you know, if she wants it to be relevant, say, Zelina Vega, you embarrassed me last week. It's not gonna happen again. I challenge you to a match next week. The champion challenges you. You haven't won shit, but I challenge you next week because I'm gonna teach you a lesson on national TV. I mean. Make it make sense. Try, but try yeah. to establish her as the star she it try to establish her. Try to confirm her, validate her. You don't need to establish her to establish, just support her. Let her let her run with it. Because she's already a star. She doesn't need these jabrones. They need her more than she needs them. Right. Let let us let us remember the judgment day was created to get Damian Priest over. He is the only one who's not over. And so they have to call back to a program with Bad Bunny to try to make people remember that he was with bad bunny before yeah and they because were bad friends. bunny is like like because bad bunny has sold like 30 million records like mm-hmm. he's he is considered yeah. to be yeah no i mean listen yeah. i don't listen to bad bunny mm-hmm. either and i'm a huge fucking hip-hop head so i mean i'm the guy who should be listening to it i can't stand that kind of fucking music but I mean, he is a big deal. He's actually a big deal for real in music. Mm-hmm. He actually is a star. Um, you know, you can go ahead and you can, uh, you know, Jeff, you can look up how many followers he has on Twitter to see that he actually is a star. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you it's uh, it's more than Vikingo. Um, but uh, <laughs> but Vikingo hey. Vikingo is up to 11,400. Well, there you go. Good for you, Vikingo. Um, that's a weekend for Bad Bunny. Yeah. Um, and you know listen like so they can't just drop the they can't just drop it yet because they're doing this in puerto rico and they need to have that star versus big time wrestler event um is it good no would it be way better if rhea ripley came out and when when the rest of them were talking she was just like she was just like you know what guys shut up you guys have not Mm. won anything lately 
I'm the boss. This is my stable. Yes. But the problem with that is then you devalue priest. So it's not a bit. So it's quote unquote less of a deal when, when bad bunny, you know, is facing him in Puerto Rico. Right. Um, it's bad booking. Yes. But it's money booking at least. Mm. No. And I, and I, I agree with that because here's, here's the thing. They tried to sell it on Monday, which they didn't do a great job of that idea that Damian Priest, this was his friend, but, you know, Dom is his family. Fuck. I can't even say that with a straight face or, or anything like that. And right. and and so, like, you know, if, if it's me, if I have Damian Priest and I have the longer relationship with Bad Bunny and Dom goes and tries to punch my friend, I'm going to go after Dominic because if this is real life, because that's – you know that's my long longer friend. I've I've been in the ring with him. I did more things with it. Like this whole thing is kind of dumb. I get what they're trying to do to try to sell stories, but it's it's so over convoluted. It's so dumb in that sense of you know it's almost like they're trying to make Damian Priest pick between Bad Bunny and Judgment Day, but they've done a very shitty job of doing it. He's already just said, "No, this is my family. This is this is you know Judgment Day. This is who I'm with." But but why? But why? Like again. Nothing nothing has been done to elevate anybody in this group except for Dom at best. Rhea, like you said, should be a focal point. This should be, hey guys, my belt, my show, shut the fuck up. You know, I mean anyone else think it's stupid that the only people that the Latino world order are fighting against are two other Latinos and one Aussie chick who stands right. on the outside. I mean, it's only the women and they and it's only for Zelina Vega to do one hurricane rana a week. Right, which he they completely said. Oh, they forgot about the Irishman, by the way. Uh, yeah, well, he was. Oh well, he, he's out. Meanwhile, that's another thing about yeah. this raw. They they made him wrestle injured. I mean, yeah. they, they couldn't possibly come up with anything else, so they had to go back to that old feud, which should have. Ended. And he got over, and he got over with a huge fucking reaction from the mm-hmm. crowd because they all know he's injured, and they're yeah. all and they all appreciate the fact. Hey, man, you're wrestling injured like that for us. We appreciate that. We love that. That's a fucking face move. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a heel and you got busted open, you spend the next three weeks telling management on screen, I can't possibly wrestle. I've been injured. What you know, you wouldn't want to make me wrestle injured, would you? Look at this injury that I have. I can't possibly go out there. Meanwhile, you show the faces wrestling injured. That's fucking booking 101. This mm-hmm. is just simple storytelling shit. Why the fuck don't they do this? Well, yeah, well apparently- they someone new that's trying to get over as a heel. And Finn's like comes out and goes, Oh no, it's not me, Ray. I'm hurt. But you know who it's gonna be? And then you bring out Bronson Reed to squash Ray. And yeah. you know, and then then you build a heel, uh, you know, and then maybe Lashley re- rescues Ray or whatever, and, and that, you know, builds up that feud, which sort of came out of nowhere. And, right. and and while it was a pretty good match, the crowd was absolutely dead for it, partly because the prior 90 minutes was well, almost yeah, killed awful. me. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But I mean, and here's here's my thing on this too. Um, you know, Finn apparently was hurt before WrestleMania. Yeah. So he's yeah. been wrestling hurt for the last six weeks or more, like like some kind of torn calf muscle or uh, I forget what. It, I just read that he was hurt going into it. So he's still hurt, and then he gets hurt some more, and then they're like, Ah, give me one more. You know? And he just keeps and he just keeps coming out to wrestle for us. What a heel. Yeah, I know. Such a bad guy, right? And I mean, you know, and like you said, Jeff, the Bronson Reed, Bobby Lashley, I was like, okay, cool. That that's interesting. I, I'm down for it. I watch it. Two big beefy boys beating the shit out of each other. That made sense that they were both outside the ring and they were just going at it. 
and I could I could appreciate the double count out in that situation, Ooh. you know, because these two guys just they just want to fight. They just want to fight. You but know? back to Finn, I I can I can appreciate. I'll I will accept the premise that wrestling hurt during WrestleMania matters because WrestleMania right. matters. A random raw where everything else has gone wrong doesn't. That's when you that's right. that's when you got a million you have a million extra people watching. Try to do some fun shit, not a rerun, and make a guy work injured against a forty-six-year-old who who can't carry a match any longer. I mean, right. come on, do do something interesting, do a spectacle. Right. Finn calls in Omos, who just lost to Brock Lesnar. Have him against Wright. That would be funny. As that would be interesting yeah. to watch. I yeah. don't know. You know, like I said. I say give Chris the book, and you said all of us. I think give give me the book. Give 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 Chris the book for SmackDown. I'll take it for Raw. I will I will try to make three. Motherfucker, hours. you gonna cut me out of my own show, and then I'm oh, fine. I'm gonna roast you on my fucking No, no, I, you can come on. I just uh, I just wasn't under the impression that you wanted to be any part of Raw. You said you you don't watch. <laughs> no, Raw. I, I'm, I'm giving like <laughs> you get, but on on the Smack Attack show, but, you're giving come Chris on, the book. Come on in, brother. You're giving Chris the book, motherfucker. I'm, on the, I'm on instantly in, I'm instantly hiring Ben. Ben, by the way, like that's yeah, my right, first phone call. Right, Somebody yeah. gives me the book. I'm calling up Ben. Hey, Ben. Uh, I can't, I can't yeah, opportunity for you. Yeah, hey, well, no, because you're with WWE and you have a budget now, so you're gonna. I bring in Ben and Stevie and Vince and be like, all right, let's go. Let's have a good time. Listen, uh, I'll, I'll assemble a team too, and, and you know what? I can I can assemble a team out, out of out of out of the Ben Hamin army. I it, it would be perfectly awesome. Right. It would be better than the schlock we're getting. So anyway, yeah, I, I agree. We're, where are we? Oh, Legato slash LWO loses again. Lose, loses again. And, even and Ray, they but, have the numeric advantage. But, yeah, even though they had the numeric advantage. But Ray, Ray comes <laughs> – uh, yeah, because both um, the Joaquin Wilde and the other guy uh, – Cruz del Toro. Cruz del Toro. They, they stop Dom, but then Priest bodies both of them, right? And then, look, and then they win, and then Ray comes out for the save because Ray – you know, all five foot two of him is going to beat Damian Priest and save it. And that's scary. So heaven forbid we have that happen. But, oh, dang it. He doesn't get the 619 uh, on, on Dominic because Priest and Rhea saved Dominic. Looking like, like, again, why is Rhea even here? Why is she? She is the fucking champ. This is beneath her to be there. Unless you're like, well, this is our champ. We got to have her on TV. You know, again, this is this was all terrible. It's all dumb. We go to the backstage segment. I enjoyed this one where it's the bloodline and he's talking Heyman's talking with Solo and he starts listing off. He embarrassed Roman Reigns. He embarrassed, you know, Sika and uh Umaga's rolling over in his grave. And like he got to the point where like Solo was like, Okay, that's enough. Like Rakishi. <laughs> he got to his yeah. father. Yeah, he got to and then it was like mm. Mm. No, you're not the tribal chief. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, so, if, and if it happens that this is what brings Rakishi and some other people into the bloodline to reinvigorate it, I'm all for that. But yeah. I don't believe that for a fucking second. No, because they what when they first started this, they had Afa and Sika, you know, with Roman as he became the leader of the bloodline, and that's I think the last time we've seen anybody from that family involved, mm-hmm. uh, right. if, from what I remember correctly. You know, it's been two years. I don't think, you know, anybody else has been involved at all. Um, uh, <laughs> I saw the Greek uh, pop it, I think. But, you know, I did like And then he gives that look and he goes, hey, tell the tribal chief that I got this. And, 
You know, but and then you see, like I love Paul because he 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 gets that fired up moment, and then Solo gives that look. He's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Like the Paul Heyman is so good when this is like the, again. This is what maybe 15, 20 seconds, and this was a better moment in the night than any of the you know some of the other backstage stuff and some of the. This is where I was like, okay. This this kind of made the storyline for the bloodline a little bit better. I liked this because again, it's that idea of Sammy's talking about the cracks, and we can kind of see a little bit of it right here, where you know Paul is pushing and pushing and pushing because he thinks he's comfortable, he's safe, he's the advocate for the tribal chief, and you know he's the wise man for the tribal chief, and so he gets into his idea that I can say all these things, and then it's just like, mm, wait, never mind, I can't, I go too far, and I, I do that, and and. The way he sells things, the way he emotes things makes it really, really good. And so I enjoyed this part of this segment. I didn't like the uh, the Riddle, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens segment. That was awful. But this made this a little bit better, I think. And it was only 30 seconds. And then, look, do we need to talk about this Liv Morgan celebration with Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green? It was This was the shits. I'm afraid we do, Hal. Uh, I'm afraid we do, David. No, no, we're, we're no, no. This was it was the shits. It was it was this is as bad as a contract signing. Yeah, the, you do the, 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 we don't have to, but I do want to say that at least Sonia Deville, when she came out, she made sense. She goes, "How are you even the tag team champions? How is Lita one of the champions wasn't in that? When can you just switch someone in or out? Which, by the way, they 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 do quite a bit, but at least with established factions, right? Like the New Day, like the Freebirds, like they've done with the Bloodline, like they did with Judgment Day, and usually it was you know they you know there was some internal logic to it. These three women, I think, tagged together three times uh, formally and, and were together, what, within 30 days of WrestleMania? This mm -hmm. is not a faction. This is not something where you just plug, plug and play. But they they said that P-Brain Adam Pierce did it. So at least they made sense. There should be right. a cloud on this title. True. I, I don't disagree with that aspect. I think that was brought up very well. Um, I could even, you could say damage control and that idea with, you know, Bailey could factor in with the rest of them, even though really she doesn't. But, I mean, this idea of, hey, we're going to come out and celebrate, and then you know somebody's going to come out and say, well, this is our turn for our tag titles, and it turns into a big, stupid, you know, clusterfuck. Right. And Another team that has no business, that hasn't won anything. I mean, what, this is, these are things I hate, that you just get a title mm -hmm. match because you say something mean or you irritated the champion. Make people work for, listen, I get, it's okay if that happens every now and then. But it's not happening every now and then. It's happening every every period. Full stop. Yeah, yeah. Where the hell the is WWE Rock? still? The WWE still has this tendency, and this is something that AEW was doing much better for a while. But they're starting to do too. Um, they're they're doing the bitches gonna be bitches um, storytelling, like that. Every woman is a female trope. Um, you know, all you got to do is come out and say something catty and then you'll get a title shot too. Um, right. And it's like, this is not how you write women. Like, you know, the way that you write women is that you write men, but you, you know, take out all logic and consequences. Um, <laughs> that's a great quote, by the way. Um, but no, really, like if you want to write like 
if you want to write women's wrestling, do it, but do it properly and write yeah. interesting characters getting into problems that are personal. If you just keep doing this thing where, well, <laughs> you know how bitches be, pal. Like you're gonna you're gonna have people just want to tune out, and that's basically what's happened with this tag team division. Is it's you know a bitch is gonna be bitches, and you just you're like, okay, whatever. This is nobody knows women who are that stupid. Right. When <laughs> look, and how dumb is it? The fact that Liv on live mic last night said, "Yeah, you know, we don't we haven't really wrestled much with each other. We're still trying to feel each other." The fuck are you doing saying that on a live mic last mm-hmm. night? That was that was idiotic itself. Where the hell is Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler? They should have been the ones to come out and do this. But oh, I can show you where she is right now. How about that? Let's 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 uh let's go to share screen here and I'm going to share. This is a local Facebook uh page uh for me here in town. Apparently, she was at the Parker County Ice House, which is about 10 minutes from where I'm at right here. Apparently, she's uh, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, you know, hanging out at a local establishment. Uh, this was as of uh, the 13th of April. So this is, this is journalism. This is huge journalism right here. So there's Ronda Rousey. Is April that Charlotte without her makeup on? I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what she looks like in real life. Um, but yeah, I, I have I have two points on on this segment. Neither one are really about this segment. One, somebody needs to dress Raquel Rodriguez better. Secondly, uh, a, a better quote about women uh, was Jack Nicholson when asked why he utilized the services of Heidi Fleiss to hire prostitutes because he's this giant megastar and he can have any woman he wanted. Why does he have to pay for sex? He said, "Oh no, you have it all wrong. I don't pay the women for sex." I pay the women to leave. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Well, I mean, listen, Lisbeth just had a great a great comment about this. Which one? Her last one, the very last comment here. Uh, um, as one. a chick, I get a snack during women's segments on all wrestling shows. Like, if that doesn't tell you that you're doing something really wrong, booking, mm-hmm. but then nothing will. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. And 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 to be honest with you, like um, a few years ago when they were when they were really starting to push this in NXT, I felt like I could watch it with my kids, and it was good for my daughters to watch. You know, the 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 evil heels get their comeuppance against the you know the the triumphing good guys, and like you know like that kind of thing. That's good for that's good booking. It's simple booking, but it's good. Um, the, but what they're doing lately, like I said, it's just so simplistic. And I mean, I don't usually, I don't usually do the patriarchy thing. Cause like, I don't think that that's really, that that's, I think that that's a, a gross oversimplification of history. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it is very patriarchal and it is very condescending to book women as like, you know, Hey, like they're bitching at each other. That's what they do, pal. It's like, no, that's, this is not an interesting character. Do you know what I mean? And likewise, it's not interesting to have Mary Sue characters where they're just perfect from the get go and they have no, uh, you know, they have no character arc or story to be told. They're just perfect the whole time and they need to realize how perfect they are. Not interesting either. Um, right. You you need to write them like you're writing a good story for anybody and it'll come off better. But this whole women are catty. Aren't they so catty? Look at how catty the women are. Uh, it's old, and it's been old for a really long time. 
they need to move forward or they're just gonna they're just gonna have the, the tag belts stagnate like they have been you know mm. Yeah, and I mean, you're not building teams, you're not creating teams, you're just throwing two people together to be like, oh, we're going to be a team for, you know, three months just to make this so that we can still have this thing, but yeah, there we go, and that, and that works, and then you're done. Um, okay, then we come to the squash match of the night, Madcap Moss with Emma versus Shinsuke Nakamura, um, which apparently my return is greater than his, and, and this was proven because Shinsuke just beat the shit out of Madcap Moss, and squashed him. Um, But but this is what should have happened. Let's be honest. Because Shinsuke is way more over than Madcap Moss. This is how, you know, his return should have been. And you got... And I love how they did it. Like, Emma is in the back pumping him up. Like, Madcap, yeah, you got this. You're you're better than him. Look, you look better than him. You wear, you know, you know, da-da-da-da. And then he comes out and he just gets the sheet shit beat out of him. And uh and then so suplex, kick to the face, and then a shinkasa, and then you know, all done. One, two, three, and we're over with. And then Madcap gets up and he's ready to go fight some more. And then Shisuke puts him in an arm bar and makes him look doubly dumb. Like, not only did you not lose, you went to go sneak attack the guy after the match, and he still beats the shit out of you and puts you in an arm bar and makes you look really, really dumb. Uh, guys, uh, look, do you, do you agree this is how, like, this is how Shinsuke can come back, coming back, squash match on a guy, or do you feel, because let's be honest, Madcap Moss is done, right? I mean, he's not, he was never going to be anything other than, oh, he won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal one time. Cool, which I think that was said last night, which I completely forgot about because, yeah, I remember it was last year. Was it? I don't remember that. I, I remember I wrote Paul Heyman was high on him, so yeah, there it was. Yeah. Listen, I, I I have no investment in either one of these guys. I mean, I'm not a Shinsuke Nakamura fan. I'm not a Madcap Moss fan. I, I, you know, to me, Madcap Moss looks like if you bought a generic wrestling video game that he would, you know, the prototype no name wrestler, well, creator wrestler, yeah, creator right. wrestler. He's the base. That would be that would be him. Um, this set, this was fine. Shinsuke comes back. He has a slightly new. He's got a slightly new outfit. Somehow he did the the, the cape and the robe without looking ridiculous, like Keith Lee managed to. He, he looked more like a Jedi or a menace than than uh, a cosplaying wizard. Uh, he's still wearing ice skater outfits, which makes which bothers me, especially when he does this this move when you can see his rolls as opposed to he's in shape. But whatever. People love Shinsuke. The music is great. Terrific. And yeah, Madcap is nothing. And and so you bring Shinsuke back with a win, which costs nobody nothing. And while I don't care about Madcap Moss, this is exactly what I was talking about with, with Vince Russo early and write a story for everyone. The subtle story here is that Emma's been supporting Madcap and he's been a face and he keeps losing and nobody understands why. So now she's getting more frustrated with him. He's getting more frustrated with himself and he's being more aggressive and getting heel-like tactics. So, you know, so he's going to turn heel. And do I think it's going to work? No. But if they come out with like him being like Rick Martel and she's like, you know, sensational Sherry, neither one of them has the personalities. But sort of the arrogant couple where the beautiful people and and gets a win streak. Could it work? It could. Do I think it will? No. But maybe Paul Heyman saw something I didn't. I, I agree with you. I think the Madcap's done. Do I know that? No. So is this something that you try in wrestling? Yes. 
is this something that I prefer you tried on Raw, which has three hours of dead time rather than SmackDown, where every minute is precious? Yes. But was this two wrestling angles in one segment? Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, I, I didn't particularly care for it, but this is what you do on wrestling shows. So I, I, I give the aside from Sonya's speech, best part of the show. Yeah. And uh, Todd Brantley asked, did they even announce a build-up? Yes, they announced it last week. Um, they announced last week before Easter that he was going to be back this next uh, week. He was returning. Yeah. And so, and then uh, Elizabeth uh, provides great insight that he looked all Shogun in the robe. So well, sparkly Shogun. Yeah. And, but, you know, he had he had been over there for Muda's last, uh, he, he had spent an extended time in Japan for it's Muda's like last match. And, you know, no, no. What, he canoe back? No, the other last match that he had. Oh. Um, Muda had like three last matches in the last three months. Uh, like yeah. Ric Flair's last match. Well, but like he did it for like All Japan. He did it for New Japan. Like Terry Funk's last match. And Noah. Like Noah, I think, was the last, last match. He's you know? doing a per promotion. I got it. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and I know Shinsuke was over there for a bit, you know. And I, as I'm sure he does that yearly where he goes back to Japan to connect with friends and roots and, and things along those lines. WWE allows him to do that because he, he will go and take an extended time in Japan to be back home. And I'm sure to see family and all that stuff. So, um, you know, but yeah, I, like, I agree that, that could they could they do the Sherry Martel, like the beautiful people thing? Uh, Jeff, I, I can see that. Um, is it going to work? No, because we don't see Emma in the ring anymore. You know, like, so is she a manager full time now? Is she going to be involved in the women's division? Because that was the whole bit. But now it's like we see her every now and then as the side piece to Mad Cat Moss. And if you're the side piece to a mid to lower mid card person at best, what are you? You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't well, want to talk about be, this. Anymore. You have to be an effective nuisance outside. Like, like Rhea is an effective nuisance outside. She's also right. better than that role. But, right. you know, the exact opposite of what they've done with Scarlett, who's been an ineffective, you know, nuisance outside the ring when she should be, which is actually a segue. That all comes down to booking. Right, which is after this match. Yeah, so she's backstage with a deck of cards and has Nakamura's face on it and Karrion Cross saying TikTok. So apparently his next focus is going to be Shinsuke Nakamura and Karrion Cross. His promos are so good, he's down to two words. Yeah, Which are really more sounds than words, but okay. Right, but I mean, at this point now, is that... That's what we need from him, right? I mean, to make him menacing, to you know, just him going TikTok and and moving forward because, if he wins a feud. <laughs> huh? If he wins a feud, I mean, well, you know, and I mean, but right, but I'm just he's saying, lost every feud except the Mad Cat Moss. Yeah, but like, I guess what I'm saying is, and I mean, that wasn't really a feud because he, he was using Mad Cat Moss to get to somebody else anyway. It was like a afterthought; he wasn't there. Remember but when I'm, he first came in and he was stalking Roman Reigns. Yeah, what happened to that? Yeah, whatever. Um, so then we had that moment. Then right after that, coming back to the commercial break, you had you saw Ricochet and Braun Strowman, and this is where the Viking Raiders. Talk, um, you know, um, we we did that earlier where we talked about. Hey, it was smart. They came in with trussing and hit Braun Strowman and took him out and flipped him over the table. And then they just continued continued to beat on Ricochet for a very long time. They heard Braun Strowman getting up. They went over there together and beat him up again to make sure he doesn't get up. And then immediately took out Ricochet. Uh, like a good raid. You never saw it coming. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, very well done, Ooh. sir. 
this was a wrestling ambush. I mean, yeah. again, I'm, I, I'm, I think that, like Madcap Moss, I think that the stank on the Viking Raiders is probably, it, it can't be scrubbed off no matter what. But was this a wrestling angle done in a wrestling way on a wrestling television show? Absolutely. Yes. And I thought, well done. I, you didn't need, it didn't need more. It didn't need, you know, exposition or anything. It was just, boom, done. Here we go. And a, and a good, like, and I'm going to be honest, this is the part where I had to leave to go pick up my son from work because he worked till nine last night. So I missed the last part of the of the of the show here um, for the main event. I think I, I honestly think that two. Uh, sorry, just to interject about this, no. I, I think that I think that two months of good booking, you would have a top tag team on your hands with the, with oh, the yeah. Viking Raiders. I, I think that they're extraordinarily talented. They have a oh, really yeah. interesting look. Um, I like. Is it Valhalla? Is that what she's calling herself? Yeah. I like the look. I like the introduction of that. Um, you give me two months of really good booking with these guys, and they are a top tag tag team. Like mm-hmm. they've got to win all the time, and every once in a while they need not to be on TV wrestling. You need to have a thirty second video of them sacrificing a goat or whatever the fu- I mean, whatever the PG fucking version of that is. Right. You know what I mean? You need to have them doing something like that to get over the the character. But yeah, two months of solid booking. You've got you've got a you've got a top fucking tier tag team right there. Two because months. they were, they were when they were more machine. They were they were top tier. That's the reason why WWE got them was because you saw what they were doing in Ring of Honor. You saw what they were doing in uh, all across the world in New Japan and all these other places. They were a hot commodity, and then you WWE does it again. They pick up these guys and they it's like they stick them in a freezer, you know. And then oh, well, no, you're going to do this. No, you're going to be like this. We're going to put you on uh, a, a three month goofy. Thing with You're the gonna be profit. in the twenty four seven fucking yeah division. Yeah. Look, I mean, and I mean, they've cooled them off so much to where you got to build them back up again, and they could do it, like you said. And so, hopefully, my hope after seeing this tonight is this: this is this is the start of maybe doing that. You know, what if that's the case? Guys who they feel are are in their spot. They're in the back. They're doing the raid spot where they're coming in and they're beating up the other tag teams who they feel are in their spot to where now tag teams either don't want to mess with them because they got beat up because they don't know when they're going to show up or, you know, they they go, you know what, we're going to build to this. And then they win those matches after beating these guys or, or they make it in such a way to where one of the guys can't compete. Like with Braun Strowman, they continue to attack and continue to, to do things where when they go to wrestle Braun Strowman, He's obviously weakened, and they attack that, and they they win that way because that's what Vikings do. They come in, they they take you, they make you think that everything's safe, and they come back for more, you know. And and when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, there yeah. you go. Well, you and know? again, you can have a you can have a video package of them saying, "Oh, you know, the WWE universe has complained that that we only attack when we have the upper when we have the upper hand or the advantage." Our gods tell us that's the proper way to do things, mm-hmm. you know, which is true. That's a legitimate yeah. thing about the Norse gods. Like it was considered like, y- yes, you needed to be brave and everything. But if you did something that was patently stupid, like the Norse people considered that to be stupid. And they thought that their gods considered it to be stupid to do something yeah. that was patently stupid. So you take advantage when you can take advantage. You do things when you have the upper hand. You you do trick people if they're dumb enough to be tricked. That's that that's part of Norse culture. And you could 
easily add that into a wrestling angle to make for really good heels. Yeah, Vikings were not honorable. People think Vikings no, Vikings mm-hmm. were the opposite of honorable. And we need to remember that. Was the glory, not how you got the victory. Right. Exactly. exactly. Give exactly. me the fucking gold. I don't mm-hmm. care. Yeah, and and look, if you're going to call yourself Viking Raiders, be that. And I think this is hopefully this is the start of that where they're a backstage menace and they are, you know, they they are a backstage minutes and they're working because the, the only thing they want is gold. That is, and they're going to do it any way, shape possible, and that's how they're going to do it. And I, I mean, they're talented guys in the ring too, and I think that'll be a good thing for it. But so we get to the last match of the main event, um, gentlemen. You're going to have to carry this. Actually, um, I I would like you to try and pretend that you watched it and do your best job of guessing, and let's okay. see how well you did. Yes, I guarantee you get an eighty to eighty five percent, eighty eighty to one hundred percent correct. Okay, so it, this was Matt Riddle versus Sola Sokoa. I'm going to have a feeling that it, we're going to go through the match. They're going to do stupid shit, and then it's Hemi Zane and Kevin Owens are out there, and so is Jey Uso, and there was going to be some shenanigans outside. And then basically what's going to happen is uh, Matt Riddle's going to look like he's going to win. Then all the shenanigans happen, and the Usos help Sola Sokoa uh, with Matt Riddle. So Matt Riddle gets KO'd, and then Solo does something, and then does the st- – Stupidest! I don't understand why this is a thing. I know it's an honor to Umaga, but putting a you know uh, a full roll of tape on your thumb to shove it into someone's chest bone and go ah, uh, and now you're out. And then Solo Sokoa wins because of interference and things along those lines. Did I did I do close enough? Is that about what happened? If if you didn't announce the world and you didn't see the match, nobody wouldn't. Nobody would have. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody would have went. Yeah, that's a good recap. I mean, yeah. the old, there's only two minor things that you missed. One was that the, the the first set of shenanigans had both teams getting ejected for ringside, but of course oh, they good. both came back to ringside before the end, and everything else went down the way you did. And then the second thing that you missed is that afterwards they beat up Matt Riddle solo, beat up Matt Riddle some more. So much to the point that, that he dumped the announce table on top of Matt Riddle. Mm. And, and when the good guys and, and the officials finally came out to clear it and, and pull the, the table off of Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle either really was crying or was doing a really good job of showing he was in so much pain he was crying. But it looked like he was weeping like a four-year-old having a tantrum. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, I forgot the commercial breaks. There was at least probably one commercial break. Uh, I think there were 37. I'm not 37. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <It felt that laughs> way. So it sounds like... I, I I nailed it in one, and there wasn't much to to miss yeah. at all. Um, great job! <laughs> hey, thanks. Not and by the way, great job to me for predicting you would get it right. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I'm not that stupid. I've seen WWE enough to know kind of what happened. We you I, know. I put a risk out there. You accepted the challenge, yeah. and and you hit a freaking three run home run, if not a grand slam. Hey, I'll take it. Um, you know, but like you know, <laughs> is it That's that bad? Though? In one co-host. Right. Well, let, 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 let me ask you guys a question, and let's go this route. The fact that I did not get to see the main event, and that I was able to basically cover everything in what would happen in that main event with my very shitty overview of it, um, is that what does that say about the booking for WWE, and especially for a night like last night? I would say it's actually fine because wrestling, especially during weekly television, should be partly. Um, predictable that that's what should have happened to an extent but it's but 
I didn't enjoy it the way I should because of what I said earlier that I've been seeing this on repeat, 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 mm -hmm. and 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 dreaming and dreading the future of what I'm going to see on repeat, repeat, repeat. If this, if if something like this didn't happen six times within the last ten days, this would have been a really cool ad. But this one is just like going through the motions. So because of that, it's lazy. Had they not gone through all of the motions prior, I would say this is exactly what should happen if you want to continue this feud and give it a little bit more heat, but there is no more heat. The heat's, the water's boiled, it spilled over and you weren't, and the gas went out and you went out for three days. So when you came back, it's just a, it's just a tepid mess. It's just a room temperature mess. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I look, it, what more could be done, I guess, is the question uh, heat wise. And, and I mean, does, does, I don't understand what adding Matt Riddle does. You know, other than now we have someone to counteract Solo Sokoa, um, you know, so that the Usos can be involved with Sammy and Kevin, and then Solo can be distracted with Riddle. Like, I, look, it, none of this makes any sense to me. And what does beating up Matt Riddle do? Like, it just evens the odds. That's all without having to have Cody infused in this story because he's on something else. So you've got three against three until there's Roman, then it's four against three again. But of course, I mean, there, there, there was one decent part of the show, <laughs> if you like it, where Paul Heyman was talking to Sammy and Kevin, but looking at the user yep, saying, that was good. "The tribal chief is the tribal chief is sick of you team. too." Right. Yeah, and he's looking right at them. Which, I mean, okay, but we've seen this already too. It's it, mm -hmm. it was cool when it was subtle. This wasn't even subtle. It's it's not right. even interesting. Like like we've all watched Roman Reigns' reign. And I actually contrasted it when, when Bobby Lashley was a champion while Roman Reigns was also a champion before they unified the house. And while MVP did interfere in some of Lashley's matches, only a few, where Roman Reigns won only a few without interference. I mean, basically, Roman Reigns' reign has been mostly because of the Usos and now their brother helping him. I mean, he, he's barely taking care of any business on his own, legitimately. So... I mean, for him to do this it, it is just stupid. Okay, if he's a true narcissist, all right, he doesn't recognize reality, but mm -hmm. I, I don't know. This was, I mean, it's interesting-ish, but it's, I, I feel like, like everyone's telling me John Wick 4 is good, but I'm not interested because I've seen John Wick 1, 2, and 3, and they're basically all the same. I want to see John Wick 4. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Well, let me say I didn't see Quantum Mania because I feel like I've seen like uh, you know enough yeah. superhero movies. You weren't you weren't missing much. And I will see them both when they're on my cable systems. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can watch them right now because I may have a way to watch them um, before well, they because make it to the, 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 the spirit of Christ compels you. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right, right. Yeah, like you know, the JC and me, we we, we tight. You got like the that. ultimate streaming service. I do, I do. But um, but I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, but I think to me, this is where like, if you have a good sequel, like I want to watch John Wick four because I saw what they did in one, two, and three, and I'm like. Cool. I want to see what they want to do it for. Now, at some point, does it become oversaturation and I don't want to watch it anymore? Yeah. And I think Marvel movies have kind of hit that. You know, I think, you know, it's kind of like, I think we're in that same with Marvel movies. Let's take that for example. You know, Endgame was the end, right? And they wanted to keep going. And now it's just become a hot mess, right? It should have stopped at Endgame and just maybe had a few things here or there, not to the same skill that they kept, they're keeping to try to do. 
And now I think with WWE and wrestling with this bloodline storyline and some of these other things, WrestleMania should have been the end of things and we're not getting that. And it's becoming, ugh, again, kind of like we're seeing with Marvel. I think the same things are very mirrored and very similar. And I think that we should, you know, the sad part is, is it's, it's okay to end things. It's okay to, for things to stop. We don't have to keep dragging things along like a dead body because we're like, well, it works still. We have to learn at some point to say enough time to miss something, right? To say no, you know. I think, uh, you know, that's. I think that's the bigger thing is we WWE sometimes does not know how to say no, doesn't know how to say that's it. We're going to stop it here and we're going to and just let it let it breathe. We're going to work on some other things and then you're going to go. Oh yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, one of one of the hallmarks of book of uh, of Triple H's booking when he was booking NXT was that he occasionally did let a storyline go on a bit too long, mm. um, and and they would have to sort of they would have to sort of end it on a you know a slightly less satisfying note than you might otherwise have done. Um, but I still much prefer the oversaturation to the. Um, Oh look, a squirrel of Vince McMahon. Um, right. you know, it is later. <laughs> or Tony Khan. Or Tony Khan. Uh, or Tony Khan's. Yeah. <laughs> that'll that'll put that that'll that'll get it done. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah, pal. I don't take this shit anymore, pal. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. Like uh, that's one thing that you can definitely say. You can you can put that at at Triple H's feet, and you can say this is something that he he is guilty of um, as a mm. booker. But again it's infinitely better than the other way around that we've gotten it. So um, is it a bit oversaturated? Yes. Does it need at least something new in order to keep interesting? Yes. Um, but again, way better than what we've had over the last 10 years with Vince booking. Like, sure. Just frankly, like, yeah, yeah. I'm so bored with wrestling this week that I, I don't know what I prefer. I'm, that, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm confused or just apathetic. Right. And I and I can understand that, too. I agree. Like I said, I think I said earlier, we, we talked about it, that I turned on stuff and I was going, meh, meh. You know, I'm like, there, there was nothing that seemed to kind of entertain me or, or make me go, I'm going to sit down and watch this because, you know, this looked really good. You know, nothing like that kind of came across the screen this week for me to where I was like, mm, I'm going to enjoy this. Like, literally, I had... My I had my iPad out half the time and I was playing games because I was like, I'm bored. This is this does nothing for me. This this doesn't work. You know, I, I, mean, I do feel though that it's it's worth mentioning that this is something that happens to a lot of wrestling fans post WrestleMania. There is a little bit of that post WrestleMania like oversaturation and yeah. just sort of an exhale for wrestling fans mm-hmm. where it's like, Okay, we got everything in. All right. And That's now okay. we're but WrestleMania backlash used to be the ex- the excuse that because it was basically you run back, not just to have reruns. So right. you know it was expected. This year it's not supposed to be that. It's just supposed to be backlash. It's this big show in Puerto Rico coming back to Puerto Rico. Bad right. Bunny is going to be involved. So it, it's like it used to be okay. Everyone gets to take their breath. Yes, we're just going to see rematches and you know beat down matches and whatever. Everyone just take the month off. Come come in for the for the PLE. But it's not supposed to be like that now. But they're acting like that and and. On top of that, they're 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 losing their like if you watched NWA Power 
and and saw Billy Corgan booking with with people one week and then the next week they're gone because you can't afford to keep them on or they're all on different taping schedules and the editors can't figure out how to put the show on because there is only one editor. This is what this is what WWE feels like, except they've got basically an endless budget. And so I'm not giving them a pass for this. I, I think it's inexcusable, especially since listen, whether they want to admit it or not, there 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 is competition. The scope of it isn't the same, but you know they're far and away more popular. They're far and away more of a big brand. But the but their core product is wrestling. And as far as wrestling TV is concerned, they are a hundred percent to one hundred and fifty percent ahead. That sounds like a lot, but when you actually talk about one is eight hundred and fifty thousand, the other is two point three million, that isn't that big a deal. It that that isn't that hard a gap to, to just by some good booking. It, it's not like they're. It's not like it's like TNA where WWE was getting eight million and TNA was getting two million and everyone was excited. That was right. that was a six million. That that's more than most states in the United States of of a of a gap. I'm just saying it, it isn't bad that big a deal. Like it's you, not you know, insurmountable. It really isn't. Yet. It's not insurmountable no. and it's inexcusable, especially. Now you have new corporate masters as well. I mean, you know, the whole world is looking. The whole world is looking at you, and you're putting on boring, uninspired TV. It's mm. inexcusable. Tony Khan at least is not doing anything different than he's ever done. Like it or hate it, it's it's the same shit he's been doing since day one, basically. Right. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. And I mean, I th I think I, I don't disagree with you that this is the exhale. But I think at the same time, the problem is, is we're not getting a chance to exhale because WWE goes, hey, look, let, here's the bloodline still. And Kevin Owens, you like that again? It's kind of like you go like eat dinner at somebody's house and their mom is like, hey, I know you just finished eating, but here, have this too. And have this too. Well, can I, let me finish. No, no. No, here, have this. Keep. Don't you want this? Have this. And you're, you, you become overwhelmed because well, you're. Worse. It's, it's Thanksgiving and you're at the same person's house for four days and they keep serving, serving you the same turkey. It keeps getting drier right. each time. And the meals, instead of getting more inspired, instead of getting, it's gone from making this casserole to a turkey soup to it's another turkey sandwich with the same gravy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, but I, I think, you know, that I think that's the reason why we're not able to exhale is because we're getting the same stuff. We're not getting anything new or fresh. It's nothing that we're going to be able to go, okay, cool. I can, I can take a breath. I can enjoy this, which I, you know, I, I think that's where some people were like, okay, well, Cody and Brock, I mean, it, it seems kind of out of left field, but at least that's something different. That's something we can all go, Okay, I don't mind Cody and Brock. I, no. I mean, I don't want to see all the recaps about it, but I, I don't right. mind Cody and Brock. You're right; it's something different. And you know what? When when if Triple H needs to exhale, I get it. He's been through mm -hmm. a lot. You know what? Give the book say go to Shane Helms and Davari or whoever the the next three guys go. This show is yours. You guys right. do whatever you want. Just don't stray off the main stories. But you guys do be as creative as you want. Dog, here's where I want to be in two months. Get us there and I'll be back. Right. Yeah, or, or do whatever you want, but just make sure the recaps of the big stories run when they're going to run so people remember those are the main stories. But, right. You know, you run it and, and let's, see what, let's see what happens. You're not going to do worse than the 1.7, which is your base audience for Raw anyway these days. You keep it on shows like that, your base audience is going to go back to 1.4. By the time Monday Night Football rolls around, you'll be lucky to hit, be hitting one and a half during right. the day. Yeah. 
No, I, and I don't disagree with you guys at all. I think this is, I think this is something that you know. I'm with my own criticisms, now. I'm repeating myself. So much. <laughs> right. I mean, and I mean, I think that's the problem. Is even now, how, what what else can we speak on except for the same stuff? It feels like we've been talking about for the past three months. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's why I was like, do we need to talk about this? Do we need to talk about this? Is this something we need to talk about? You know, to me, it's weird. I get more entertainment talking with you guys about the outside stuff, not the show, the the news, the supposed news, the supposed third show or fourth show, whatever show for AEW. Like, to me, it's fun to have those conversations with you guys and get your takes on that. Then the show, because it feels like the same stuff over and over again, and it's like, We've already, we all know what we think. We all know what we're going to say. And we're all going to say the same things because we've talked about it already. And it's it's like, eh, you know, you know the fact that we've done the review part of the show faster than we did talking about the other stuff. And there's more news that we I'm sure we could talk about and kill if we wanted to. But, you know, it's that idea of going, mm, yeah, I, I, I'm good with that. I'm okay. Like, is that weird that I'm okay with the fact that we, you know, we talked about the show in less time than it was to review the other stuff and, and have our general bullshit than it was for the show. And then I still feel like it was a good entertaining show. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. you know. Hey, I mean, to me, it all, it all depends again. Like for me, you asked, you asked earlier about like what would be considered a success, right? Well, Mm -hmm. to me, what's a success is, are we maintaining our viewership? Are we growing it? And if the answer to either one of those questions is yes, then okay, we were successful. And if we're losing fans and if we're losing people, if people don't want to listen to us or whatever, because we're talking about other stuff, then maybe we need to focus more on SmackDown or maybe we need to do more jokes or less jokes or figure it out or whatever. But as long as we're maintaining or growing, I'm cool, man. I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like, look, and I mean, I guess I'm not so far. I haven't heard anything from the boss who said, yeah, y'all need to start doing this. Um, you know, apparently everything's been good, so I'm not going to change anything. Yeah, I mean, when you get one of those, then hey, I'm good with it. I'm good with where we're at and what we're doing. So I'm, I'm not, you know, at that point. To me, the chat is active. As long as the chat is active, I know we're we're doing something right. Yeah, and these guys have been great all the time. This is why this show works is because of them to begin with. You guys bring some great stuff. Um, apparently they're talking NWA and TNA right now. Yeah, Todd, um, I keep telling you, make an audition tape if you want to cover NWA. You know, but let's let's see your stuff, man. Yeah, you know, we 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 know some platforms. Maybe we can get you on. And you know what? You know the, the stupid ass that, that's named me probably would join you. Because <laughs> you don't have enough, yeah. Like, but like, look, I know I have to do this, you know, on Friday nights now. Like, could I be going on on dates? Could I be doing other things? Yeah, and sometimes I do. But like, I I watch this because I go. Well, one, I didn't watch last week somewhat because I was it was Easter. But two, it was like I enjoy the conversation with you guys, and I want to have salient conversation without looking at the results, going okay, and then not trying to know what I've seen. Because to me, this is what makes it work. It's it's that conversation with you guys. It's the you know the fact that you know one of you lives in New York, one lives in Canada, and one lives in Texas. But we're all here for a very specific reason to talk wrestling, and it brings us all together. And even though we have different points of view on life and culture and things along those lines, we are able to come and talk about this from our points of view, which are a lot of fun. And I think to me, it's to me, almost like it's an international coalition of, for professional wrestling. Right, three different oh, countries God. represented: Texas, yeah. United States, and Canada. Right, exactly. Fuck yeah! Can so, we, can we spend I, the last ten minutes of the show talking badly about Jimmy? 
Uh, well, we started the first five minutes talking shit about Jimmy. Not enough. Jimmy, but Jimmy, we, Jimmy's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Jimmy's wonderful. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know what? Um, actually, funny story. When like I used to be a Mormon, right? And, okay. Uh, I remember when I was when I was going on my mission, we were at the MTC, the Missionary Training Center, and they were basically announcing where like there, you know, oh, there's, you know, we have several missionaries here from Canada. Go ahead and stand up, right? And everybody cheered, and we have missionaries here from this country and that country, and et cetera, et cetera. And then the guy who was talking was like, "I think I got everybody. Did I miss anybody?" And two guys stood up, and he went, "Oh, where are you from, elders?" And they go, "Texas." And he's like, "Sit down." <laughs> Fuck yeah! I mean, no, like it's funny because you know I've got friends who live in, like Europe or, or different parts of the world, and they're like, and it's funny they were like, you know, we didn't really believe it, but now that we've talked to you and just did, you know just talking to some of your friends and stuff in general, like it is amazing that there are Americans and then there are Texans. Like it is, it is the only state in the in the union where like you tell someone you're Texan before you would tell them you were American. Right, like it's it's it really is like no no like New York no majority of the time when I'm like if if I'm talking to somebody out of the country and oh well where are you from I'm from Texas like are you are you American no I'm Texan like I've had like when I went to Africa they were like are you American I was like for for shits and giggles I just said no I'm Texan and they you know like. Oh, okay. Like they, it was almost like they knew that Texas was almost its own thing compared to the rest of the United States, which was hilarious to watch. You know, uh, people in Ghana ask you that question, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, no, that that makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah, you're you're Texan, not American. Uh, it's just look out for Ghana, and Ghana. Well, yeah, sure, but that's why it was a missionary trip and not a uh, and not a pleasure trip." So well, missionary has more than one connotation, my friend. Mm, but this was a non <laughs> non sexual missionary trip. How about that? Um, so yes, Canada, spaceman, Texas is bigger than many countries. Uh, I think if you put you could put all of Europe inside of Texas. Uh, there's those maps where you can see the overlay of where like everything is. Um, it, it is thing. Oh, look, this is how you know Texas is over. Elizabeth, who lives in Ohio. Was born in Ohio and lives near well, but she lives near Cleveland. So I would say this too. Uh, I haven't lived in Texas forever. When people ask where I'm from, I still say I grew up in Texas. Um, I, I wouldn't admit to being from Cleveland either. Right? Yeah. I mean, no that that's that's not a place you want to say. You know. Shout outs to RBV. Yeah, <laughs> the place where your your rivers catch fire. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at this point what are we doing we're, we're shitting and we're having fun uh, gentlemen is there anything else you want to discuss uh, anything that I missed today or from this week or anything from last night that we want to discuss or talk over no no no. no? I, think, I think we're good well I think this is where we end the show so uh, gentlemen um, <laughs> okay now, now look there's even inner Ohio hate He's in Cincinnati, and we don't like Cincinnati. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, you gotta love that. Um, that's great. All right, so let's end the show right here. I think we had a good show as always. You guys have been wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, the evil dose himself, Doctor Jeff, most evil Doctor Jeff. Please tell the wonderful people where they can find you on the internet and where they can hear your docile tones and any. How about let's talk about just your projects that aren't wrestling related? How about that? 
Okay, well, you can follow me at Twitter at IcarusFellMD, and then you'll find all of my projects and occasionally interesting comments and, you know, sometimes not. But my non-wrestling projects are two podcasts called Garden of Doom and Garden Views. If you're not subscribed to Garden of Doom, you'll get Garden Views. If you search for Garden Views, you're probably not going to find it except on the PWC network where it appears independently. Um, Garden of Doom is sort of my journey through things that make me curious, which can be esoteric, historical, uh, mythological, pop culture. Um, you know, if you look below me on the screen, you'll see our only six-time guest. A couple weeks ago, dropped a, an Atlanta show. The week after, Tartaria. And this morning, I dropped... Um, I called it UFO, well, it's called Mexico Unexplained, which is the gentleman's book that he wrote. And it was basically paranormal events in Mexico. Actually, it was a really good show. The audio is a little crappy, but that's all my fault. Uh, I think I was eating the microphone. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Garden Views tends to be more topical. This past week, I had, a, I mean, literally, her, her resume is everything from working for NATO to Director of National Intelligence to the U.S. military, yeah, I mean, everything. Mm. And basically it was on uh, military geopolitics. And uh, hopefully both guests have agreed to come on again. I just have to, I've actually lost track of which guests I wanted to come back. I've, mm. I've booked so much. So anyway, so this week I'll do another midweek Garden garden of Doom. And, uh, you know, and I'm recording with a gentleman from Portugal tomorrow. Uh, and we're going to talk about his Helix Smith and also anomalies on the moon and Mars. So mm. check that all out. Interesting. So, Jeff, I, because I know you have these shows, I did want to ask you this because I, I thought about this the other day. I was listening to one of your shows, but I just realized I don't think I've ever heard you say this. Are you one of those ones that believe that we went to the moon or that we did not go to the moon? I, to, probably to the depression, my friends, I, I believe we went to the moon. I, I don't think that there's really much doubt in that and it's not necessarily because of my trust in government it's in my the, the trust that six hundred thousand people worldwide couldn't and wouldn't keep a secret but mm. all of these things about you know you know moon landing denial is tied into things like flat earth or or we're in inside a enclosed firmament and if that was the case there's no way that the mayans the toltecs the olmecs the Incas, the Egyptians, the Persians, the, the the Babylonians, the Chinese, and even the ancient Europeans could have possibly tracked astronomy and astrology to make these calendars and have things align perfectly, because they calculated that the the Earth was a sphere and they and mm -hmm. orbits and ellipses and so, you know, I mean, you know, I, I also uh, there's a strange trust I have in Nazi rocketeers. Mm -hmm. um, in that they actually know what they're talking about, especially Von Braun, who wrote a book with a strange title called "Occasionally We Hit London." So, and, and was part of the uh, moon. But yes, I I believe we went to the moon. Okay, all right. You know, uh, I mean, I, I'm kind of in that boat too. I, I don't. I have to believe there's weird shit on the moon. Yeah. I could, I could believe that, too. Um, all right. And then, of course, uh, thank you for that, uh, Jeff. Uh, and now, uh, Mr. Chris himself, the man with the, still the best title in Smack Attack history for this show right here. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Chris, please tell the people where they can find you um, and where they can hear your wonderful voice outside of the Smack Attack. 
Yeah, so you can hear me on the PWC network. Uh, go ahead and subscribe, uh, pwc.podbean.com, um, you know, where we talk about every major pro wrestling uh, show that comes up and, and is on. Um, I am generally um, sort of primarily on the skirmish where we talk about AEW. We are your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast about AEW Dynamite. Um you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at ChrisAms1. Uh, you can find me on other shows right here on uh, on the Hami Media Group and on ChannelAttitude.com. We do the uh, Rampage Uncaged, which I'm hoping we get to at some point here, uh, provided that Jimmy shows up after he's done his special zombie day. And he's risen. Uh, he's risen. Um, no, he hasn't. <laughs> no. He's late. Uh, He's sleeping. Um, yeah, he's sleeping. Um, anyway, yeah, you can find me on all those things. You can find me on Facebook. Again, my one caveat: if you're holding a te- if you're holding a wrestling belt in your uh, profile picture, I ain't adding you. Other than that, that's pretty much where you can find me. Oh no, because last time it was if you if you had something with a Japanese wrestler, you weren't adding me, but you added me because it was Minoru Suzuki and me and my son. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Then my next picture that I need to put so that you don't add me is me holding a. Lance Archer's custom wrestling title belt with me and Lance Archer together. Um, <laughs> but it's too late now. You already had to be, bitch. Ah! So, uh, but ladies and gentlemen, that everybody is who's friends with Chris should change their profile picture to, to holding a fake wrestling belt. Yeah, right? Let's go. Let's do it. Everybody do it just to annoy Chris. Let's make that fun. It's been a while since I had a culling. I need to get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> that was culling. <laughs> All right, but ladies and gentlemen, that is our smack attack today. And as always, you can find me on the internet at jreezyman, as you can see, you know, however fucking works there, um, down there. Um, you can find me there on all the internets, the the TikToks, the the Twitters, the Instagrams, all that fun stuff. Join in right on Facebook and uh, add me there if you need to. If you need to talk mental health, it is Sexual Assault Awareness Month in April. So please be aware of that, that uh, there's lots of things that you can do um, at the end of the month on Wednesday, April 26th is Denim Day. Uh, <coughs> so <coughs> if you want to wear your Canadian tuxedo, go for it. But the purpose behind it is back in, um, if I remember, in the, in the late 90s, uh, an Italian woman was raped and her sentence, the accuser's sentence was overturned because the high court said she, her jeans were too tight. And so therefore... Um, it was okay. Yeah, I know. And so uh, starting in the early 2000s, uh, Americans started wearing denim to raise awareness for that. And then eventually um, uh, it, it spread. Aww. You know, in, in Peru, they eat those. Um, <laughs> just say it. But that's but so denim day has become an important aspect to show that it doesn't matter what you wear, it, that should not be an excuse for anyone to say, oh well, it's okay because of what you wore for rape. I would have told you about teal day, but teal day happens every beginning Tuesday uh, of April, so we're obviously well past that. Um, but every if you if you know of a local agency, be aware of the things that are out there to show. Um, that there are survivors of sexual assault and the things that you can do to help them, um, whether that be giving to an agency, providing support, or you know even donating something to some shelters in your area. Uh, shelters are always in need. We are always in need. Uh, right now, our agency, I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but with the past few major storms we've had, we lost our flagpole. Um, and so, which our flagpole was resurrected to honor 
the women in service who have been uh, victims of sexual assault who maybe not have never reported and have died because of suicide. And because of the last round of Did storm, you wait three days after it died to resurrect it? Because that would have been perfect this time of year. That would have been perfect this time of year, but no, we did not. Uh, it's still, we don't have the money for it, so we're asking. You can go to our Facebook page at Freedom House. Uh, and if you want to go freedomhousepc.org and type, do the at and type in that way, it should pop right up. You'll see that we have a post about that. And there is our Facebook, you know, PayPal page connection to it um, where you can give and donate. Uh, it's going to be something like $3,800 to get a new flagpole for uh, for our agency to have um, a new flagpole. So if you're willing, if you want to help, you want to support that way for this month and to make yourself feel good for sexual assault awareness month, hey, I'm glad. We appreciate it. But if you have a local shelter in your area, clothes are always needed. Uh, baby uh, items are always needed because a lot of times parents are having to run uh, and, and leave a lot of things behind. Um, toiletries are always needed. Uh, shampoo, conditioner, everything along those lines. All are things that could be needed on a, on a regular basis. Sometimes even food. Some of the times the shelters are dependent on food banks and they're dependent on uh, donations for that. And right now, I don't know about if that's the case for everybody else, but our food bank has been lacking a lot in a lot of major things. And so uh, we could really use that support as well. So Find out from your local agency what their needs are and donate according to that. If you don't want to give money, if you'd rather give things, go that route or, you know, find whatever it is you need to do to give to whoever. But that is what's going on this month. Uh, so with that said, we will now close the show. Gentlemen, thank you as always for being here. It's always a pleasure. Um, and hopefully um, knowing Jimmy because, you know, he's not here. Um, it'll be five days later, not three, because we know his time is pretty shit that he'll come back from the dead. But um, but the, he had he's had to reboot his AI because we all know Australia is fake and he's a he is an AI construct. So his server was down and they had to reboot. So, uh, but thanks for being here, gentlemen. Thank you, everyone in the chat, for making this such a great night. Candace, Baseman, Drone Hall, Elizabeth, everybody else who had been here, Todd Brantley, all uh, oh, you guys are wonderful. Media M Five uh, Lab Rat, you make this show what it is. Thank you for being here, making a part of it. And so we will. Next week, see you for another rounding, rounding, rousing, Ronda rousing. I don't know what I'm going to say anymore. Uh, for another edition of your. Smack Bye, back. everyone. <laughs> Olay. Stable, my friends? Question mark? <laughs> There it is. There it is. All right, I'm back because it decided to forget on me. But that's okay. the end. Everything. Oh, oh, Media 5, yes. And another, uh, how about another arousing edition of a Smack Attack next week? So let's go with that and we will talk to you later. Peace.